You're you're really improving steadily with your songs. Um, I'm loving it. Good, thank you. It's like it's almost genre parody, but the genre like is just micro changing every week, so it's not quite genre parody. Well, this one has been the same one the past three episodes. Yeah, we've had we've had. Oh, this well, one. I wasn't here last week, so I, <laughs> oh, I, I, I forgot right. everything about. How the pod. did how did escaping from um, Stallone's people go? <laughs> we'll hear about. Yeah, that. I get a, I get a phone call, and it's like a muffled voice, but it was really clearly Sly Stallone, you know, because he can muffle it all he wants, but. It was, <laughs> yeah, because he already has like a, a modified phone call voice. It was like, hey, you need to get the fuck out of this fucking ta- this fucking Orlando, bitch. And I was like, you're t- you're warning me I need to leave. Like, OK. And so I just left. I went to uh, Louisiana, went to a wedding while I was there. Uh, I'll tell you one thing. It's a good thing. We're not reviewing cities. Because <laughs> <laughs> that Baton Rouge, Rouge, Baton Rouge is bad. <laughs> Bad. Baton Rouge. Uh, God, two, two we stars. Just, we just ruined our all of our fans that are in Baton Rouge. Right oh now. yeah, if you're listening you and you're a swamp kid, we love you. Oh, we <laughs> shouldn't say anything. We're from Tallahassee. Do you know how lame Tallahassee? Oh, is? Oh, it's lame. But this this is like bad Tallahassee everywhere. Like oh, it's no. just the worst parts of Tallahassee because it's their capital and it has the big college, so it's supposed to be like the equivalent. But it's worse. It's like it's, it's a lot Tallahassee worse. Wedding was great. Um. Sorry. <laughs> All right. Well, this is We Bought a Mike. <laughs> Welcome. I'm Ernest Calderon. I am Hunter Mobley. I'm Drew Dietzen. And joining us today is a very special guest on a very special edition of We Bought a Mike. We're going to talk a lot of live music things. So why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself, man? Hey, uh, my name's Daniel Sewane. Nice. Uh, no one pronounces it correctly the first time. So say one say one if you want to like actually pronounce it correctly. So it's imagine all like like vowels are just the, the what is it? It's not it's with the little squiggly line that just goes upward like a smiley Ooh, face. OK, so it's say one say one. Oh, say-o-ane. yeah, that's ironic because my favorite music festival is so on a music festival. Well, Sewanee, <laughs> yeah. So everyone's like, yeah, your name's kind of like the festival. And it's like, yeah, yeah I guess. Kind uh, of. <laughs> except it's Spanish. Uh, yeah, not so. Quite. Very yeah. different. So it's St. Patrick's Day. We got our dehydrants, our alcohols, and our caffeines. I woke up 20 minutes ago and I'm already yeah. drinking beer. We're sitting here with Sick. with IVs into our blood <laughs> with green, mm. what is some sort of green liquid green is getting saline. pumped into me. Yeah, I'm fucked up. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm not even drinking because I went to a wedding last night and I got trashed. Um, Wait, there's another wedding? Yeah, dude. What? <laughs> it's all wedding my... season, man. Yeah, my every, all my girlfriend's friends are just getting hitched left and right. Jeez, really, man. pressure's on. At and this you're point. like, hey, don't worry, <laughs> this isn't going to happen to you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, anyway, though, we got a lot to talk about yeah, today. Uh, we are not going to do a big old catch up corner as we usually do. We're not going to do... review Wonder Park. I'm Is sorry. that what came out? Yeah, Wonder Park. Oh shit! And five feet apart. Is that the one with Cole Sprouse? Who knows? Who's to say? (laughs) Huh. Okay. Well, we're just going to do quick recommends. We're going to go one by one, and we're just going to give a quick summary of, like, what we've been up to the past week, pop culture-wise, before we dive into the big old meaty music festival concert discussion. So it's going to be a good one. Uh, We said going into this year that we were going to try new things and try to switch up the pod. I think Danny 
you coming on is a perfect way to like oh yeah test how well we can do this. cool yeah I'm also excited. danny's a long time first time yeah <laughs> you're you're a, you're a big fan of the pod yeah yeah, yeah. jump in hell yeah. yeah if you're a fan of the pod you get to come on the pod I know, it's, nice. <laughs> it's like uh, they give you like little balloons and like little party hats yeah. it's exciting <laughs> you just give us your address your social security number uh credit just, card number we just send you a little package in the mail it's just like hey your credit's fucked, but welcome to We Bought My Family. <laughs> yeah, thanks for subscribing to Patreon. <laughs> All right, Danny, let's start with you. What have you been uh, consuming? So, I mean, I've been watching a lot of, like, you know, Netflix. Uh, I jumped into 2000s, that documentary, and it was the actually CNN very interesting. So, I've heard that that's really dude, good. I'm the a, 1990s I'm to, and the 2000s. I'm about to talk about yeah. 1990s. Yeah, so yeah. I'm, I'm going to jump into the 90s next. Like, okay. I haven't watched it yet, yeah. but I was, like, 10 during the 90s i was at 2000 i was nine years old so like all this stuff happened and like basically you don't watch the news when you're a kid you know you watch cartoons yeah. so all this stuff happened and you're just like okay now people are actually taking a deep dive into it and you can understand wholly what's going on mm. and so it's pretty interesting and like uh the next show i've been watching is because i watched 2000s they talk about curb your enthusiasm. Yeah, yeah. And so that's when I started watching that, and I'm like, holy shit, this is so funny. That's not a '90s show. No, no. no. Yeah, no. it's post Seinfeld. Seinfeld ended in '98, and, and then he started right after. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's been inc- it's so funny. It's just like my parents been telling me to watch it for decades, you know. And I'm just like, <laughs> that's really funny. Oh, I'll give it a chance. And then now I wa- finally watch a documentary, and it's it's actually hilarious. Yeah, I I started to do a watch through of it and then just got distracted with year and stuff. I got through like season 2 or something like that, but that show is it's on another level. Like Seinfeld, I hated as a kid and now as an adult I can't appreciate it more cuz it's kind of adult humor. Like Curb Your Enthusiasm is just so much funnier than anything that Seinfeld did because Seinfeld in the end is like still has to be mass appeal it's still on like a wide yeah, kind of network and yeah. it's still very sitcom-y where Curb they get like weird on that show oh yeah and Larry David's just not afraid they, of yeah. just whatever you the know fuck the, he the wants. pussy rash episode <laughs> <laughs> she got a rash on her pussy <laughs> I love that. the whole joke is just that the little kid has a pussy rash he's like, like yeah I was with a nine year old kid she had a pussy <laughs> rash <laughs> and now but, it's like creeping on me yeah <laughs> so this was this is uh, HBO, right? Yeah yeah, 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 it's it's an amazing show. You're right, and because The Office gets a lot of credit for bringing uh, mockumentary style into the sitcom uh, world, which is you know The Office brought in the cutaways where they right. actually it actually is a documentary, not just shot like a documentary. But Curb was doing it. Curb did it before that. Uh, speak. I mean, uh, similar influential HBO show, uh, the Larry Sanders show. Yeah, oh. fake documentary style. You could argue the first prestige TV show. It was Eric Aaron, Eric Andre before Eric Andre. No, <laughs> what? <laughs> it, planted, it planted the seeds yeah. for that type mm-hmm. of approach. Yeah. All right. And, what else? Uh, and the last thing was uh, Kingdom Hearts three. So my brother doesn't have a PS four. So he made a deal with me where if he bought the game, he could borrow my PS four, and then once he beat it, he'd let me play it. So, <laughs> so he beat it. Yeah, he just beat it like a week ago. So I've been playing Kingdom Hearts three, and it's it's interesting. There's so much like storyline and so much like bullshit like disney banter (laughs) that i don't like oh it's more than disney banter it's like at the point where so i haven't i haven't beat this game i've been i mean i've waited like 10 years for the next kingdom hearts game it's been more than 10 years like 12 years so i've just been like trying to just take my time with it and not try and plow through one because i want to be able to enjoy it and two because 
it's like it's a dense fucking game i've had to like watch like youtube walkthroughs because there's like ventus and venitas and terra and aqua and like you're like what every character has three different identities from like different like different bodies and different time periods it's so final fantasy yeah and the fact that there is no final fantasy characters in the game is kind of yeah why did they do that no cloud uh, no what what do you think of the gameplay itself uh so this is kind of like my experience i've only gone through like two worlds right now so it's like a big like a big like cut scene happens then you fight a bunch of heartless and you do the same like three moves and then another cutscene happens and but the cutscenes are so cheesy for me because it'll be like yes and then you need to find what's in your heart and yeah. do this and i'm just like fuck this man i just want to kill some goddamn heartless you dude know? i i gotta <laughs> say so far i i'm i'm barely into it i just got to the rapunzel world uh so far i am not really it's not living up to the hype which mm-hmm. is sad to say because it's like such a long anticipated game but you know it uh it makes sense if you think about it that when i was what 11 years old i loved the shit out of this game and now 14 years later it's still a kids game like they didn't update it to be like an adult game so it's like a lot of it is still very childish and then you add to that the fact that it's such a overcomplicated story that you have to like watch all these youtube videos to understand yeah, like no 11 year old can comprehend that entire story <laughs> yeah. you know and then it's like i don't know they, just, they didn't change it it's like it's we're older now you know so it's mm-hmm. like it doesn't appeal to us as much but it's like we have to close the book you yeah know? and that's why we're doing it yeah you know? exactly also it compared to kingdom hearts 2 just the the opening hours of that game are perfect when you're in twilight town playing as roxas and you're like discovering kind of what's happening who you are yeah. it's i just that Kingdom Hearts 2 is yeah, King- a masterpiece. Yeah. And this one so far is like not quite living up to So that. I the way that I think about it, I can't really say that this game was a disappointment. Because to be honest, like going into it, this is pretty much kind of what I expected from it, but it was more so about the anticipation of it being this long without a Kingdom Hearts game. Is that well, like they've been all the all I'm the not, side games. Yeah, but like I'm talking about like a main entry main story entry into the game, like it's just, it's good enough for me. Like, we're still getting worlds that we've yeah, never it's seen not bad. before. The Rapunzel world is beautiful. Toy Story world, I still, like, I, like, teared up whenever I went to that world because I was, like, a little kid playing the first Kingdom Hearts game, like, dreaming about, like, running around with Buzz and Woody. And so, like, it still hits those moments. It's just, like, it doesn't... You reach this pattern where you go into each world and it's literally like the same thing. Like mm-hmm. maybe you do something slightly different. The Frozen world was uh, a major disappointment for me, but also at least that world kind of mixed it up a little bit. Did with you what build you're a doing. snowman? You do build a wow. snowman. Well, it, it doesn't have to be a snowman. snowman. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't played All right, Drew, what, uh, I'm sorry. What have you what have you been uh, uh catching well i'm not gonna two things i'm gonna save because we don't have a ton of time cod 4 free remaster on ps4 yeah, yeah i, and, I, I downloaded Drew, it but i haven't me and Drew become little cod boys you should hop on Dude, with us i am embarrassingly back into it oh, like, fuck. I, i'm back in the game is it is it better than the original yes it's, it yeah, looks it's, like it's, hd graphics it looks better they added things to it um they added like little fun like games well yeah you know it. do you remember just, gary's mod the yeah. game 
Uh, the like the little prop game where you could be an, an inanimate object and hide or whatever. That's in <laughs> yeah. this game. You can do a prop it's, hunt yeah. thing. It is the funnest game I've ever played in my life. It's funner than normal Call of Duty. You you are like a barrel or a basket of fruit, and you just like have to hide. Has any COD lived up to that? Maybe Modern Warfare Two was yeah, like the I closest. One. I liked Modern Warfare Two better, but COD Four is like. Two was standing on the shoulders of yeah. four. And also four is like so simple. That was the days before like kill streaks and Yeah, before the crazy kill streaks. Yeah. It it's just it's a great game. It still holds up. Uh it's uh I'm overstimulated. I'm staying up until like six AM again. <laughs> I need to go to bed. <laughs> I'm off that soylent. <laughs> are you are you playing right now? <laughs> oh my oh god. god. <laughs> you didn't notice I brought my PlayStation? Yeah. Um Anyway, so a little quick episode of Drew's Obscure Comedy Corner uh, theme song pending. Uh, The state is amazing, you guys. This is the David Wayne. Yeah, so in the golden age of of streaming that we're in right now, uh, most things are available somewhere if you look hard enough, even to rent for like three bucks if it's a movie. Uh, So if something is just not on any streaming service, it is totally forgotten. And the state is, unfortunately, that's the case for this show. Because it's a 90s uh, sketch comedy show on MTV made by David Wayne. And so basically everyone in Wet Hot American Summer, except for Amy Poehler, Bradley Cooper, obviously. uh, And then everyone in Reno 911. They went to college together. uh, And they did like theatrical sketch in college. Right out of college, they got this show. So they're like 23. This is the early 90s. And it's people you still see, like Ken Marino, Joe Lotruglio, uh, all these, like, you recognize every single face from something. They're still, they're all still around. Uh, and it's, it's better than uh, any sketch show on today. It's, it just is so refreshing because there's so much energy to it because they're so young. Uh, all, it's very absurdist. It's not rooted in, like, any topical material. So it aged a lot better than SNL from the 90s. Uh, it's, it's just, all insane like every action is over the top all the acting is just it's like wet hot like it's just an absurdist comedy it's they do a lot of genre parody you can see a lot of the seeds of the movies that david wayne would produce uh moving forward you see the seeds of even uh stella which is another show i'm gonna have to get on dvd um but it's it's just it's such so a you're watching sh- this on dvd yeah it's it's such a good show, and I it just got lost because it's not anywhere. Turns um, out that a uh, physical media is superior. Drew, can you admit it now? That... Uh, yeah, DVD gang for life. I'm I'm sticking with DVDs. Fuck your Blu-rays. I don't know if you know about this, DVDs gonna make a comeback. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's just unbelievable that like no one I know has ever seen this show just because it's not anywhere. Um, and it's it's you can see the influence in so much stuff. That one like it made me appreciate one thing that SNL does that I hate now and all sketch really is there's one character who is like someone will be like oh i gotta go uh put on my gravy pants and then the one guy's like that's not a thing you know that guy that character it's usually they make it keenan or whatever (laughs) but there's none of that in this there's never one character who's rooted in reality every character is not in reality everyone is in their own little world kind of like always sunny yeah because the modern format of sketch or or... even like wet hot there's exactly everyone's insane there's not one person that's sane in any of these sketches and i I love that so much is it just one season it's four four seasons. yeah it went for four years and it's just a foot on mtv yes and it was on mtv totally forgotten no one talks about it 
It, it drives me crazy. That's it's crazy. that's the content we bring you on this podcast. I know exactly. <laughs> Get a DVD, you fucks. <laughs> it's not on Blu-ray. Fuck Blu-rays. The quality is so bad anyway. It was MTV in the nineties. <laughs> <It's not like laughs> it looks like it would shit. look There's even no worse. Remastering <laughs> possible on but that. But just to just to see like Michael Ian Black when he was like twenty-two or whatever. Oh, like man. it's just insane. It's so cool to me. Uh, anyway. Uh, you saw the 2000s, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, so these documentaries are made by CNN. Oh. CNN has been low-key making great documentaries for like three or four years yeah. now. They did a series on comedy that my dad always bothers me about to watch. I don't know if it's on Netflix or not. But I watched through the 90s this past week. It's it's amazing. How long like, is it? Uh, it's a series. Um, so it's like 42 minute episodes and How it's many? like, what, like seven or eight? Yeah, oh, okay. Yeah. That's feasible. They have them for the seventies and eighties as well. Ooh, I'm going to do the seventies too. Yeah. Then. But yeah, uh, I started the two thousands and I was like, well, the thing I really don't know about is the nineties. All I know is the pop culture references and like, you know, you'll read about a thing here and there, but these documentaries are viewing it through the lens of, uh, television like even even world events it'll be like politics it'll be yeah but it'll be how did the news cover these events that's cool and that's that age is better than the actual politics themselves because then you can compare them to how like if this news story came out today how would it be covered yeah exactly and it's just it's fascinating because now whenever we hear about like like bill clinton or whatever we get a retrospective opinion and this is really focused on like a chronological like what was the perception in 1992 and then 1994 and then moving forward it's not just like hey what was it like in general um it takes you event by event so there will be an episode about just the tv of the decade and how it progressed there'll be an episode about the uh domestic politics there'll be an episode about the international like the wars going that's on that's a good way to break all it around up. The, yeah the genocide in like uh rwanda and then there will be uh one about there was one about terrorism in the 90s i'm mm. sure there's one in the 2000s yeah, right 9 11 yeah so. yeah um and it's just they they have all the archival footage obviously but then uh because cnn is uh very rich they're doing well <laughs> uh they they get interviews with anyone that you would want to hear their opinion like people you know some someone that was there during the waco shooting is they got to be interviewed like they they pulled everyone uh so it's not like it's like artistic uh, filmmaking. It's not like visionary, but it's just like really, really good procedural, like informative uh, documentaries. And I, I'm sure they're about to make a 2010s one because the second's about. To oh end. yeah, it's yeah. pretty funny that like networks are finally like looking at the Netflix and the HBOs like winning awards and getting all this notable recognition for documentary filmmaking and they're like wait we don't have to put that much money in like nat geo just won an oscar for free solo and now cnn is like trying to up their game with all these documentaries because you can make a documentary for not a lot of money especially if you have access already to the archival footage yeah exactly it's just i love it man like so it's on netflix yeah it's on that i'm so excited to see the 70s 80s 90s and 2000s are all there's no 60s uh, I don't know. Uh, those are the ones I saw. They were on my like my feed or whatever. Okay, I but feel like there should be a six. There should be a because like British invasion and all that. Yeah, yeah. there will be less footage for them. To Flower use, child. I mean, yeah, they'll make it eventually because these are doing well. I'm assuming. I mean, like, I enjoyed that. They're, they're on the front page. They're, they're on the front page of Netflix. Yeah, so they're yeah. yeah these are just so fun, man. Like they're so so interesting. I was glued to the TV, like, uh, because like we know about like the general gist of these things, but like 
like to learn like oh how did the whitewater scandal directly affect bill clinton's media presence in like 1997 it's so specific it helped him Oof. no no <laughs> <laughs> didn't didn't his impeachment make his approval ratings go well, up whitewater's a whole different scandal oh okay, okay you just i don't know i just love it i love learning about stuff like this and i like tv yeah so mm. there you go all right cool um hunter so uh, I was going to talk about another Netflix thing aside from the one I'm going to talk about because a new season, I don't know if you guys know this, a new season of Queer Eye is out. I, I really want to get to it. I and haven't watched I've it I've watched yet. a couple episodes. They are great. Like, it's it's probably, I mean, because they've just been able to up the budget. Now they're actually going outside the Atlanta area and um, kind of going more around the country. I think that they're in Minnesota or something like that. Um, I don't know. One of those made-up places that doesn't really exist. Yeah. The flyovers. <laughs> but instead, guys, I'm going to talk to you about probably the most epic movie event of the year. Jesus. And that is Netflix's Triple Frontier. Did anyone else see this? Nah. No. I saw it. Oh, you did? Yeah. Okay. I'm interested <laughs> to know what you think about it. Um, directed by J.C. Chandler. Starring, just read off, let me just belt these out. Oscar Isaac, Charlie Hunnam, Pedro Pascal, Ben Affleck, Garrett Hunland. From whoa, like, whoa. Garrett Hunlan? <laughs> yeah. Yes. The Garrett, Garrett Hunlan, most notably in um Aragon and uh Billy he doesn't play Aragon. Walk. <laughs> and also I think he's in Tron Legacy. Oh yeah, yeah, that's yeah, that was his big breakout role. He was in Unbroken. He was inside in inside Lewin Davis. So yeah, but he's not Lewin Davis. He is an Oscar Isaac. Um so this movie um it's by no means like a great movie, but I just found this movie to be so much fun. Like it's just like the Netflix algorithm just put these like all these like hunky dudes together. They put Dad Ben Affleck, and he is like full on dad bod to the point where they're like poking fun. Like little background on the story: um, these were all people who were like ex uh, Rangers or Marines or something some like sort that. of military. They were some sort of military faction. Nondescript. Um, but they were like high, high up. Like they were this very, very um, high up covert team, and now they're all kind of out of the military. And basically, I mean, it kind of touches on some real things where like. Somebody can serve their country for 20 years and then not be able to afford to send their daughter to college. Like, stuff like that. That, like, you do all this stuff for your country. If she, if uh, this person just works in any other business for 20 years, then they'll be, like, working their way up the ranks. Um, but instead, they're kind of uh, forced to go and undertake this mission where they uh, kill and rob a Brazilian cartel leader. Um which this, this sounds like Sicario. It's it's a very it's Sicario <laughs> it's Sicario, Sicario in the jungle. Okay. Um but I actually think that uh this movie I think I might like it a little bit more than Sicario because where the first part of this movie is very much a heist movie, uh the second half really becomes a survival movie about them actually trying to escape this country with this money that they have and get out alive. There are lots of innocent people that die in the crossfire of trying to escape and cover up because what they're doing is illegal like they're still they're they're taking okay. it under their own power at this point to just take millions and millions of dollars um so here's a question are are we still rooting for ben affleck do you watch this and be like oh i hope ben affleck lives well <laughs> <laughs> he i mean he we do get 
a little bit of his like humanity. Like we see him taking his daughter to school. His daughter okay. hates him. Ben Affleck him. is actually like, well, yeah, he can't sell. MVPs. He's trying to sell condos and he can't. Yeah, no, no. he can't sell a condo, <laughs> dude. Ben Affleck. Ben, no. ben Affleck Aww. wears khakis in this movie. <laughs> he wears khaki shorts. Because I, he's capable of being great. We know this about Ben. But are we still rooting for I him? I like. As I a want whole? him to do know. more roles like this instead of Batman. Like I would rather see him do something like this, where he's kind of like just full dad bod he's like i know i'm past my prime and i'm gonna play those type of roles like just do that ben affleck yeah um, yeah just be daddy what, are, want, what were your thoughts you, on this? well i think this movie it wants to be two very different things it wants to be a fun like trashy heist romp where it's these dudes just having a great time in the amazon like hauling bags of money around <laughs> Uh, but it also wants to be like a very serious, dark and gritty look at like how we failed our veterans. You can't do both of those things, movie. You can't. I mean, maybe there's another movie that could have done it, but this ain't it. This is not it at <laughs> all. Yeah, exactly. No, <laughs> it it fails at committing to both of those things. And it ends up being just like a, a tonal. I called it on, in my letterbox re- review. I called it. Total inconsist- inconsistencies in nondescript Amazon, the movie. Ooh, yeah. Wow. Also, because the depiction of South America in this movie is horrible. Oh, yeah, that's really horrible. Bad. They're supposed yeah. to be they're in all Brazil. Like natives. They're supposed <laughs> to be in Brazil and they're not speaking Portuguese. They're speaking Spanish. Oh, no. <laughs> and somebody's got to tell we them. See, yeah. We see either a, a drug lord mansion where the the walls of the house are literally lined with cash. Oh. And yeah. we see uh like so they like so they're trying to get they're trying I guess spoilers for Triple Frontier. They're trying to get this money over the Andes, which by the way the cinematography is gorgeous. Yeah. They oh, shot yeah. on location. They're trying to get it over the mountain. But there it's so much cash that the helicopter physically can't make it over the mountain, so they crash. And they crash. Oh, it's a it's a cocaine farm, <laughs> and these people live in shacks <laughs> in a cocaine farm. <laughs> and they're like, they're me. like, they look and they're like, oh, there's some donkeys. Let's just put the cash on these donkeys and go over the mountains in these no, donkeys. But that has leads to one of the most beautiful shots in the movie. Um, no offense to this donkey, but they're going on this like smuggler's trail basically up the mountain and donkey like slips and falls down the mountain and RIP donkey. But the way uh-huh. it falls, the money just like flows everywhere and you just see like it like just rains like hundred dollar bills in the sky. And at one point later, I guess we're just kind of going to get into spoilers for this movie if you want to, but I, I, I would don't recommend think I, this movie. Yeah, I don't think I, we should give it too much time. If you're just like a fun movie... Yeah, it's just, not It's not bad. Yeah, it's just fun, and yeah. I, I didn't find the tonal juxtaposition to be too bothering because it felt like it was two distinct movies, and it really reaches that point right during the uh, scene where they're trying to get the money over the Andes, and turns out no matter what happens in life, physics is undefeated, and whenever you can't well, take x over y then it's not going to also it's ben affleck's fault because he planned the whole heist and he was like he he knew exactly how much money the helicopter could could carry come on but when money hungry but when they see that this mansion every single wall when they rip open the wall it's just cash he's like more 
more, give me more. I want to take more. And it's that's what caused them to fail. All, that scene where they're actually raiding the house is dope. It's so dope. That's a it's great so scene. Dope. Yeah. Yeah. No, very I mean, well that's done. Why, that's why I will say, like, that's why I love this movie is just because it's just like, it's just like, just super fucking fun. Um, right, maybe, I'll fucking uh, MVP, watch it. MVP of this movie for me is Pedro <laughs> Pascal. Yes. Who I only yeah, knew from right. Narcos. He, like, ben. provides the comedy. <laughs> he, like, provides this very, like, kind of dark character that, like, you really don't know what he's about. Also, um, Garrett Hunland punching Charlie Hunnam in the face. That was fun. Yeah. Oh, I would like to They're do brothers. that. They're brothers. I will say the, the, the acting's pretty good. Yeah. Like, the, the writing is so thin. Except for Garrett Hunland singing at one point. Yeah, that was bad. But the, <laughs> yeah, the, the performances are so, like, like, you actually, like, connect with these guys. You care, for the most part, about them. And, and you want, you're, like, invested in, in their shit. Because, like, so much shit starts going wrong. That you like actually, you're kind of like on the edge of your seat a little bit, and you're like, "Whoa, like, all right, this is going out of control." Listen, I'll watch it. <laughs> just watch it. I mean, just like turn your brain off. You know, like I watched hours. this movie at the dealership on my phone while I was waiting for my car to get fixed. Perfect way to watch the movie. No headphones I, on. I it actually is really it's really good, well sound mixed. I used my sound bar at home for it, and like when the helicopter swirls, you could hear it like cycling from like around and everything. Like I, I will say, this is worth watching at home on a big screen. Terrific sound bar movie. It really good. Shout out to Vizio. Um, <laughs> no longer there's no such thing as Dolby movies anymore. It's sound bar <laughs> movies. Um, okay, so quickly. I just wanted to give a shout out to an artist since we are talking about music today. Are you guys familiar with the artist Billie Eilish? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. She just did Hot Ones. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. I didn't know you actually saw that. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I started checking her out. Um, Gaia actually like just discovered her. She's like huge on the West Coast. She's massive. She was like an LA girl. I mean, she on hasn't... Spotify, her play counts are massive. But she yeah. hasn't even released her whole her first album yet. She only has an EP out. She's already gotten platinum with a single off of her first EP. Um, she is awesome. And the fact she is 17 and she has such a mature voice for her age that it's not nasally, it's not whiny. Like, her and her brother write these songs together and I, the way I describe it is kind of like lana del rey meets the neighborhood like the just with kind of the darkness and the punchiness especially on the neighborhood's first album yeah it's very moody um, a lot of piano it's very much it's like how i just like we talked about before how arctic monkeys am album it's like that's a midnight album like mm. a lot of her music is very dark and midnighty um there's definitely there's some like bonnie Vare with some of the songs that she has on there too that uh She's able she's able to do both uh these like kind of really slower songs. She has a song with Khalid that's beautiful. She's able to do something like that to just like true punchy pop that just like gets stuck in your head. Um She's cool. Yeah, she her first actual album comes out March 29th. Um so at the end of this month and uh, I'm really excited for it. Just wanted to give her a shout out. Uh all right. I wanted to talk about Leaving Neverland, but I want to get to our concert, music festival concert discussion. We, sh- we should wait on that because I feel I like... Want, I want to watch it. Yeah, too. I feel like Has we, anyone I seen actually, this? I don't want to watch it, but I know that I so should I'll say, it. So I'll say that. So <laughs> I... This is the uh, the Michael Jackson documentary that's making the rounds. It's on HBO. Uh, I did not want to watch this. <laughs> I was... And, and Lee, my girlfriend, she was like, hey, people are talking about this. This seems really interesting. We should really check it out. I was like... I don't, I don't want to, I really don't want to. 
I, I'm not a den- I'm not denying that he's a monster. I'm not going to be an apologist. I'll accept the fact that Michael jo- Michael Jackson was an evil man. I don't need to watch the documentary. But you did. But I did. <laughs> and I'm glad I did. I'm not done with it because it's rough. It's it's long. Too. It is two. It's a two parter. So in total, it's four hours. Holy so shit. I'm I have about half an hour left. So like the the last little bit of the second part left. So. I'll finish it and I'll talk more in depth about it next week. Uh, but I will say it is harrowing, intense, dark, and just tough to sit through. Because the first part, these these two men that were sexually abused by Michael Jackson when they were children, now that they're adults, are recounting to this documentarian in very excruciating detail what Michael Jackson did to them. And it is a tough sit, guys. It is a tough sit. But it's a the documentary is done in a really interesting way because it it kind of it 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 presents the the situation in its full complexity, you know, really giving you a sense of like what happened, what led to these events, why these boys, uh, what it putting you in the context of that time period when Michael Jackson was like at the height of his powers. Is this on any streaming services? HBO. Okay. I, yeah. I was like, this is no way this is Netflix. Cause like they didn't do Ted Bundy. Like they didn't jump into Ted Bundy's like grossness. Oh, did you, you know? watch the Ted Bundy? Yeah. They What's called the Ted Bundy tape. Yeah. Yeah. They didn't jump into it's, like how gross he actually it's was. It's kind of weak. Well, that's yeah. why, that's why I kind of was interested in watching finding everyone specifically for the thing about how he chose these boys, because I mean, there were so many kids that would go to the Neverland Ranch, and, like, the majority of them, Michael didn't do anything to. Like, that's just, like, most of them have come out, and they've been like, no, yeah, no, no yeah. Like, he was, like, like you've but got, there's, you like, gotta I watch know, the documentary. Like, why he, like, specifically chose, like, no, certain dude, boys and stuff no. like that. Based on what I saw in this documentary, he... It could pro- be a lot more. He probably assaulted, like, every single one of them. Big-time diddler. Yeah. yeah. It's it's really it's, sad it's because, tough, like... He's a legend. His and, like, influence his music in music. Is, it's not like this documentary is going to make Michael Jackson go away. Right. And it's sad, too, that he's dead. So there will never be any a kind of... Reckoning. He won't have a Bill Cosby moment. Right. Like... Yeah. So I, I'm i going to get through the last little bit. I have like 30, 40 minutes left. Uh, but I, I'll carve out some more time next week to, to dig into it. And if you guys bring yourselves to watch it, we can discuss it. And you, the conversation can still be had without like watching it. Because it's so hard to watch, uh, but I I still think it's a conversation worth having. So. But who are we going to listen to at weddings? What what music is going to be played at weddings now? We're going to listen. Pitbull. No, no, the, the, I, I, I have my own answer. It's the, Bruno Mars. Oh. No, every the, fucking Bruno Mars song is at every fucking wedding. <laughs> I'm going insane. I've been to three weddings in the past. I was going to suggest the Alien Ant Farm cover of Smooth <laughs> Yeah, Alien Ant Farm didn't do anything wrong. Well, they were complicit. They, <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Alien Ant Farm is canceled. That was. Alien Ant Farm was never going to At the height of their powers, they're canceled. 2019. <laughs> that's, okay. That's a All right. So uh, let's move into this uh, music discussion here. So. Danny, you laid out a whole bunch of topics to touch on. Yeah. So why don't we just hand over the reins to you and sort of yeah. present what you want this By the way, discussion to be. Uh, thank you. You're the first guest to do any work whatsoever <laughs> yeah. for the pod. They usually just trounce in here. You just get the here. documentary. Yeah. You get sent the Google Doc and you're just like, 
Yeah. Oh, cool. <laughs> I mean, I assumed I'd have to give you yeah, something like to know. No, but this say, is you know? this yeah, is yeah. above and beyond. Yeah. Yeah. What it, uh, sorry, Adam, Harry, like anyone listening. <laughs> Listen, Brett, Brett, we love you guys. Brett, next, next time Brett, you come on, every word you say has to be scripted. <laughs> <laughs> That's this whole pod is scripted today. So and a couple we, of yo-yo tricks. <laughs> we basically want to break it up into two main sections. So the first part will just be a, a discussion about like the music festival industry, and then we want to touch on after the break about what some of our favorite concerts that we've been to top three like favorite artists that we've seen so this first part there's a lot that you want to talk about ranging from like what it's like to go to these festivals to like what it's like for the people kind of behind the scenes yeah yeah executing all the all the pulling yeah. all the strings if you for will. sure so i feel like the first thing we definitely have to talk about is like what is a festival like there's a lot of people it's like you know, they see the pictures of the crowds and the videos, but like they don't really know like what exactly is a festival. So like, it's true. There's a whole like, you know, I guess like theme or like, you know, it's a whole different world essentially, right? Especially at camping festivals. You oh know? yeah. So essentially, you pay a larger amount of money to see way more artists mm-hmm. than you would at any time. It's so like, like a bargain. Yeah, it's kind of is. That's yeah. like the whole deal, right? So it's like to see Paul McCartney live, it'll be like what, like. 80 bucks for like a cheap ticket mm-hmm. but just for, for, for a solo show yeah a solo show that's a that's a low ball you really think you think so yeah so like you're thinking like hundreds yeah. ariana grande is like a million dollars i <laughs> have no money because i'm going to go see ariana grande <laughs> yeah uh, but yeah you're right it is uh if you like the lineup it's a hell of a bargain to yeah, go to a festival exactly so like if you think about it if you're seeing like one or two of the headliners and you're interested in maybe like five or six of the undercard, your ticket already kind of pays for itself, yeah, yep. right? And then it's like, you're also at a at a festival camping with your friends and, you know, there's a ton of good food around. Mm-hmm. So it's a whole experience, right? It is. It's a, that's, that's what does it for me is the whole experience of camping. Yeah, Very exactly. Fun. So um, there's two different experiences, though, when it comes to, like, festivals. So it's like a city festival versus a camping festival. Two completely different oh, things. Oh, completely different. Yeah. Have yeah. you guys ever done a city festival? Oh, yeah. 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 Done a few. Yeah, which one did you guys do? Shaky knees, was it? We did yes. shaky knees a couple times, but I mean, also like how you were talking about describing a festival. Like, I feel like it's harder to define a city fest than it is a camp. Like camping festivals, it's like something like a Bonnaroo or um, uh, anything at Swanee, anything like that. Like that's more. It's like yes, immersed. this is this is a definitely a festival. But then whenever you get into city festivals, like here in Orlando, we have um, Earth Day birthday. Yeah. Like that's technically a festival. I wouldn't yeah. really consider that like the same level as like shaky knees or something like a three-day a governor's ball yeah kind that's of a true thing. there is kind of a loose thing because like you'll is it in, anything that has like more than three artists well yeah because in orlando there will be like hey it's it's national hot dog day uh come down to the fairgrounds and there'll be bands playing all day but it's like is that a i'm not gonna take acid there <laughs> <laughs> so Trip is it a balls, festival eat a bunch of hot dogs. <laughs> that's i think that's the signifier am i comfortable taking right. psychedelics there <laughs> that's how i know yeah. So, I mean, essentially when it comes to like, you know, there's always pros and cons to each one. Right. So you got to think about like at a camping festival, you, showers are limited, you know, few oh, and yeah. far between. To none. Lip- <laughs> oh, <laughs> just it's like no shower. It's wet wipes. Yeah. <laughs> wet wipe showers. Wet wipes, dry shampoo. Yeah. Yeah. So like those are one of the like the pros of like camping festivals are like you have like the longer sets, you know, there's a lot, you're a lot less prone to like conflict and missing someone you actually want to see. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, also like they always do that like extra day before that you can like party with your friends and get all your <laughs> yeah. partying out of the way. Yeah. So then you can actually like, okay, I got to watch music. That's what I paid for, you know? <laughs> yeah. And or then, it can go badly and you party way too hard on the first night and then you miss like half of the Friday. Yeah. Show. Not speaking from personal experience. No, anything, no, but, you know. no, no, no. Yeah, but I still end up doing that at, like, city festivals, too. Like, I overshoot the first day, and then, you know, you're just hungover. You have to, like, I mean, it really, like, festivals are a marathon. They are not a sprint. Like, it's really all about, especially a camping festival, because at the end of the day, like, so, like, we've all been to Bonnaroo before. So, Bonnaroo, like, the end of the day, if you go too hard, like, you're just stuck there on this farm. There's nothing fucking around you. Like, you're There's there. a Walmart. You're there a Walmart, like, 30 minutes away. Yeah, you're there for the long haul, though. So you have to be able to, like, pace yourself throughout the weekend. Yeah, well, and also that's why I like Camping Fest so much is because it's less isolated. It's more of a communal experience because mm-hmm. people are not leaving. Uh, if you go to a city fest, if you're traveling to a different city and it's multiple days, you're staying at an Airbnb, probably yeah. a hotel. Uh, and you're not around everyone else for like half the time you're, you're not meeting city. new people. So, yeah, you're with yeah. your group, which that's totally fun. I mean, I do like to be able to go and sleep in a bed. That's that is nice. Yeah, brush your teeth, have on the a shower. Yeah, actually have a shower and stuff. Like, I mean, I love shaking. I've everything. been to shaking knees a uh, couple of different times now, but um, it is kind of jarring when you're like sitting there. You're like doing drugs by the way we're going to talk about drugs okay listeners we're talking about drugs if this makes you uncomfortable so you're going to be like sitting there like fucking smoking some dope you know. <laughs> we don't condone the use we of don't we don't say it I, some molly with I, the I put boys. myself down all the time this is <laughs> bad thing <laughs> but like you're like sitting there having this like great experience and then you just like walk out of the festival turn a corner and you see a bunch of like homeless people on the street yeah in downtown and Atlanta. like cops everywhere it's, yeah it's it's jarring, and um, I mean, I kind of want to wait to like touch on well, the whole cops. And there, well, their there are kind of integration. Into well, now they're all in festivals, festivals but there there are benefits to both. Like the camping part is a deal breaker for a lot of people. I know it's mm-hmm. like I'm not going to camp. Like that's not going to happen. I don't care how good the lineup is. So if that's you, then you're you're a city fest person. I mean, when I was when I was like eighteen or nineteen or so, when I first started going to festivals, I did not even question that i was like camping fuck yeah who gives a shit yeah but now that i'm getting a little older it's like is it really worth it I, to like rough it <laughs> so i kind of thought that way too because i was thinking about the other day i was like i was actually talking with guy and i was just like like i think i'm i i would tr- i want to try if i'm gonna do a camping festival like i want it to be something completely like new that i haven't done before like i'm done i don't want to go back to bonnaroo again like i've had my bonnaroo time yeah, like, so hot it's like the devil's yeah i'm like I'm, I'm good like i've had that time maybe i would do it somewhere else or somewhere like more north or something or a different time of the year instead of the dead heat of summer i'm not going to bonnaroo again <laughs> yeah like I'm, i i will go to bonnaroo when i'm old when I'm like old and like I do that, like, like 65 RV. year old man who's yeah. just like still there just partying with the kids. <laughs> yeah. You yeah. know, 21 you know, Pilots is playing a set. And I'm like, I remember these guys. <laughs> yeah. They're like, <laughs> Pilots the legacy yeah, they're, they're like Grateful Dead. <laughs> they're like jamming. <laughs> Hell yeah. Uh, yeah. But I, the reason I still prefer Camping Fest is because it, you are gross and you get sore from all the ground and the walking and everything and you're stinky. But, the whole thing of it for me is to not be in society for three yes. years. You are yeah. not. You're not in the yeah, world. You, are you disconnect. There completely. is. There is. I just yeah. turn my phone off. Most of yeah. the times I go there, I'm just like, I'm just gonna be outside. Like, I mean, uh, I remember uh, last time that 
went to Bonnaroo was in 2016. And um, unfortunately, at that time, we were all living in Orlando, and that's when the Pulse shooting happened. Mm, and, like, yeah. I had, like, family members, like, reaching out <sighs> to me, trying to talk to me, that town. had no idea, because my phone oh, was turned shit. off. So I didn't know until, like, the next day afterwards, and somebody had, like, checked me in a safe on Facebook. I was okay. like, oh, shit, something went down in Orlando, guys. Like, Damn. oh, God. Like, this is terrible. But, I mean, that's just kind of, you do isolate yourself from the rest of the world. And that is nice that, especially in 2019, when we're always connected to everything with yeah. social media, just, to just whenever I come, unplug. Yeah, whenever I come back from a camping festival, I have a really peaceful week after that. It's nice like, because, I I'm like... Just, I'm just chill. I feel like after a camping festival, like, I mean, just kind of camping in general, but especially a festival because you're so... You're doing enough things to, like, entertain you that you don't mind being bored. I find myself where it's not like oh, i'm just saying down let me just pull out my phone instead of just like just sit there and just like think for a second instead of just like oh i need to have like constant stimulation yeah. yeah um so anyway next on the list is favorite festival so far this is an interesting question uh just what's, what's yours specifically? um i mean i don't know i'm kind of a little biased because like there's there's two things it's like lineup versus like how comfortable exactly you, are, you know it's a and tough it's like, question when it comes to like best lineup i've ever seen bonnaroo 2013 was oh. like unmatched yeah like, that was an amazing one dude like 21 pilots was on a thursday like tame impala was like sunday in a tent yep. you know oh no yeah i didn't i didn't go 2013 we went 2014 okay dude i'm, I'm just gonna read it 2014 I've was never seen it anything. was made for since, me yeah like, since this i've never seen anything like this are you gonna read 14 uh yeah elton john kanye west jack white lionel richie vampire weekend uh, I'm skipping people also. Sorry, Avid Brothers. <laughs> Phoenix was there. Um, yeah, Phoenix, Skrillex, Arctic Monkeys, Frank Ocean, The Flaming Lips, uh, fucking Nick Cave doing his sad boy shit. Way down at the bottom, Bad- Chance the Rapper. Yeah, Chance the Rapper buried anything. because he was a nobody. But the crowd for that was huge because he blew up like after the lineup was yeah. announced. Right. So by the Acid time the started Bonner actually, yeah. he was like tearing up at that show because he was like... I. He had never had a crowd like that yeah. that knew all the words and everything. It was like a beautiful moment. It was, yeah. We're, I'm going to say that whenever we talk about our best concerts ever, that's yeah. going to be on the was, list. <laughs> but anyway, this this was just like, it was, yeah, you're right. James Blake was there. Uh, yeah. Group Love was there. KG Elephant was there. Like, it was just Damon Albarn. It was almost painful oh because and nobody knew who Damon Albarn was. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Nobody knew. And I was like, this is the it's fucking gorillas. gorillas, guys. It's, it it Come is on. gorillas. Yeah. yeah. It was just, did you go to that one? Yeah. Damn. It was awesome. He started just, playing Feel Good Inc. And everyone was like, what oh, the... Is this who so he people is? started yeah. running towards the stage. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. This no. old guy's covering Feel Good Inc. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they couldn't tell with his accent or his voice. Like, oh, yeah. I feel like it's so obvious. Super you know? British. All right, Sounds so... Like Stewie from Family Guy. Uh, next, what makes a good festival performance? So... Man. What, is, what does this mean? Like, the, it like kind of fitting into the vibe? Or what? how do you guys interpret okay, this? Okay, well... So, uh, really, another festival I wanted to shout out is Okeechobee Fest that we went to in 2017 yes. because I didn't even care that much about the lineup, but I had a better time. Uh, I had an amazing time there. It, the atmosphere was very carefree. Like yes. it was like it, it wasn't packed, and it yeah, it was it wasn't packed. Everyone was very nice because it wasn't. It Bonnaroo had a lot of like uh, high school jock types mm-hmm. there. It seemed like like a lot of like kids with the stance socks that were just like, yeah, dude, <laughs> I play lacrosse. Um, not like no shade to those people, but it was, it's, it just seemed like it had already become like the one that you go to when your, your parents are paying for it. And right. it's, yeah, I don't know. 
But Okeechobee was just so calm. The the lineup, I think it was pretty bad, honestly. Yeah, it was like Kings what of Leon, uh, 17. 17. So it had Mac DeMarco and Anderson Park, and those oh, yeah. shows were incredible. Yeah. Yeah. And Solange. Solange. Yeah. Yep. Pretty Lights was there. Arcade Fire was there, I think. No, that was a oh, different 2018. year. Yeah. Yeah. But, but getting into what makes a good festival performance, uh, I saw my first like a bunch of EDM shows there. Uh, and I realized that for those shows specifically, because we're not dealing with a live band in those theatrics, it's lights, it's mm-hmm. visuals. And that, that really fascinated me. The shift in, to like, you have to have like an insane light show if you're an EDM artist, because you're not like running around the stage. Mm-hmm. Um, you're just behind a computer. Yeah. Um, and it was, I mean, it was very impressive what they accomplished with lighting. And um, even, you know, there were like big jumbotron screens and it, was, it wasn't like footage on them, which is what like the roots did. It was just like you could just see the roots closer. Yeah. <laughs> like it's like a whole production. I think the other thing is the fact that a big part of music festivals is like discovering new things. And even if it's anywhere from like a nobody act to like a huge headliner, there's it's given the fact that like most people are going because of different acts that they have different types of investment in there's there's any given crowd it's going to have a mixture of people that have different awareness of what they're seeing right in front of them Mm -hmm. so you might be standing next to a super fan when you yourself only know like one or two songs yeah you know it's not like you're seeing like everyone there is there to see that person on that stage at that time so I think what makes a good festival performance is being able to like perfectly balance the hardcore fans and the people that might be listening and, to yeah, you. Yeah, and the I first feel like time. that's why like it, it really is kind of an art to actual um casting of the different bands and artists and the scheduling. And the scheduling yeah. that too. You, the, the night kind of has to have a flow to it. Um like one day in particular that it was one of the best like days uh, of a music festival I saw was at a uh, Swanee Halloween in 2016 that I went to, um, which I'm very upset myself because I didn't even know who this was at the time. Anderson Pack and the Free Nationals played there, Damn, but they man. were on the fifth line, and I just like I had no idea who those people were and like just totally missed them because I was year? probably seeing 2016. Mm. Um, but like that was the year Malibu came out. Yeah, but that was, I mean, I didn't really discover him until shortly after that, yeah. and I didn't even, like, put it together in my head Damn. that, oh, I just missed him. Um, mm, but, sad. like, they would have these nights, and, like, the day would start off with, like, kind of more chiller kind of stuff, and then with the the best thing about festivals is kind of this choose your own adventure experience that you have here is like, well, am I in like a very dancey mood? Cause I could go see disclosure on the main stage or am I like feeling more like rock heavy? Cause I could go see the Claypool linen delirium, yeah. um, like right over here on this stage well, yeah. and like, or like being able I... to pick like where you want to go with your yeah. night. And the, the thing that separates a festival from a concert is you can also be like, I'm kind of sleepy, so I'm just going to go near Krongbin and fall asleep yeah. on the ground. Yeah. And just like, <laughs> totally fine. Yeah. No one yeah. even cares. Like, that's so beautiful to yep. me. It's like the best feeling to just like well, doze off. I think, I don't know. I I uh, I think that's like a, a tougher line to, to walk on. I don't know if it's changed recently. I remember being more comfortable doing that at a certain time. And most specifically at Bonnaroo, where there's... 
sort of like an unspoken like trust yeah just like hey nobody's gonna fuck each other over we're not gonna like steal each other's things yeah but i think i don't think that's the case for every festival oh no there's definitely festivals like you cannot fall asleep yeah and expect to find your shoes still on your feet (laughs) or your wallet still well that's why you just don't wear shoes at bonner i just keep it fine man i don't have shit on me because i I don't trust myself because i'm on all of it yeah yeah see <laughs> I, I i use the fanny man the fanny pack ideal situation man you just mm. cover yeah because then you, you don't have to worry about it yeah. Yeah. yeah but like i mean typically the rule is like around trees that's where everyone's sleeping yeah like under the shade trees. Yeah, yeah just gotta get shade i mean naps are the most clutch thing in the world especially at a festival like bonner went so hot that you were woken up at like the crack of sunrise because you're in your tent just like just sweating bullets like you it almost helps to like just get out of your tent and then just find a shady spot and like just sleep well, there under if the you're shade. if you're fucked up enough you will sleep through your oh, yeah. body sweating oh, even still out. like i still wake up i'll like w- i would wake up out of my tent and then just like sleep over there under like a like an easy up or something like that just because i gotta get like some kind of a breeze going on um, yeah. but uh going back to what makes a performance good at a festival another thing is that because of the just the nature of it the atmosphere uh if you're a band and you can jam oh yeah it, like when they change it big... up from their album yeah That's... if you're altering your songs if you're extending the solos to like five six minutes instead of like one minute like people are receptive well, i mean to this shit. is what this is what festivals were started with was with jam bands yeah exactly. with even like something like leonard skinner like First time that they played free solo live or um, free solo, free, solo. <laughs> free bird. First time they played free bird free live. Nationals. <laughs> free bird live, and then their solo just goes on for like ten minutes. Like yeah. that's just like that's what you it's, gotta do. Yeah, like, this is a crowd that, adds that will so like much that. of a vibe. I mean, part of like it's almost kind of a bummer whenever you see a band at a festival and their music sounds exactly yeah, what they it just sounds go like straight the through the which act. i can always or like worse. i love that whenever i see that at like a uh a non-festival concert if i can see something it sounds exactly like the album then it's like yes like they did it they are talented enough to do yeah. this but then at a festival you're like you want it to be loosey-goosey you want to the music to feel how you're feeling right now yeah and you also just to let it vibe yeah you want to see if even if they're not like like fucking with the music you want to see them having fun that's right yeah when they appreciate you being there it changes everything yes and when they're when they're like you know they're putting on a bit of a show they're not just going through the motions so is this a good time to talk about kanye 2014 bonner performance oh no i still have nightmares about that that was wild uh, I know that Ernie was really into it because he was like, "I got really close," <laughs> so oh, I couldn't. I was really and when he says I close, he means hear... to the singularity. <laughs> he got close to the collective. You're like, now, yeah, fuck Bonner. Wait, now I, I know that there was a mass exodus from that concert, and that people were being. There were so many people leaving that you couldn't stay if you wanted to because you were being pushed out. I didn't know that at the time because I managed to get so close to the stage that that wasn't an issue for me yeah i couldn't even hear the booze could not even hear oh, the dude, booze. it was so bad we were yes. yeah we were really far out we and were it was back rough. and like the thing is that like i was intoxicated at the time and like i just didn't know what was happening right like and i was just i was music. just bewildered like whenever he would just sit there and be like playing a song and you're just like all right yeah i'm vibing i'm vibing i'm vibing and then he's just like all right yeah fuck the press where the press at <laughs> 
I'm going to yeah. tell him about this right now. And he would go off on these like 10 to 15 minute long rants. With the waterfall uh, <laughs> backdrop. I think in the end he only played like six <laughs> songs because he would um, like start to do something and then like – I mean, it was like the perfect storm of him playing Bonnaroo like a few years back and him having this horrible experience there. Because he was just like, they put me on the worst spot at 2 a.m. Guess what? The 2 a.m. slot's like the best slot. No, he wasn't wasn't at that slot. I read the story about it. So this is exactly what happened. So he was on his uh, All of the Lights tour or whatever. Yeah. And uh, they had him on Witch Stage, which is like the second biggest stage. And... uh, Basically, when he got there, he's like, I have all this shit for the stage. It's not going to fit. And they're like, okay, we'll put you on the what stage at 2 a.m. After Pearl Jam. Mm. So basically, he's like, fuck that. I don't want to do that. And then finally, like, there was a big back and forth at 2 a.m. about him going on versus him not going on. And then he finally got on, like, 4 a.m. And everyone was pissed because everyone's, like, waiting. 4 a.m. Yeah, Yeah. we're just sleeping at that point. So everyone was, like, really pissed. But, like, then, you know... Everyone on the forums like was just like, "Oh, I don't want to, I don't want him at our festival anymore." And then yeah. they booked him for 2014, and then that was like what six years apart. Yeah, uh, 2008 versus 2014. Yeah, but people, Bonnaroo people were still very. Yeah, mad. there was still yeah. like people like that painted "fuck Kanye" like Everywhere. all over there. And if you go back to Bonnaroo to this day, it's there's still, still like people just writing like yeah. "fuck Kanye" because it was like the opposite. Bonnaroo at least back in the day used to be all about like positivity and good vibes and kanye was just not Um, that and i'm sad that that's probably the only time i'm ever gonna see kanye live was that yeah that's that's sad but ernie after that show after bonnaroo you came to my house in uh tallahassee and we were talking about it i think you were there too and you were the way you're describing it at the time i was like man fuck that no he should have just done the show but i was like oh because it's true his whole persona is based on a push pull of like, if people like him too much, he will make them dislike him. Like he wants. Well, it was both the best and the worst concert I've ever seen in my life at the <laughs> yeah, same time. And, and so he was literally like, it was so funny to watch. That's what I remember more than anything about it is he would yell and yell, and everyone would be like so upset, and then he would start playing Gold Digger, and everyone would be like, "All right, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah." It was so funny. Also, you know, I was on some substances. So when he was playing uh, Stronger and he stopped and he was like, cut that shit. I was like, fuck, Daft Punk's about to come on stage. <laughs> He's about to introduce Daft Punk. Oh, man, so what it a was bummer. like what it was like it, my head was like, oh, he's stopping the song to be like, you know what? This would be better with Daft Punk oh, right man. here. And I was waiting for it oh, and waiting man, for it. The and he just goes ever. on this rant. And I'm like, where's Daft Punk? <laughs> Where? Like, they're going to come, come on, out. Get to dress, man. They're, they're going to come out and sing it a cappella, like, harder, work it better. <laughs> where are they? And that just kind of kept happening throughout the set where he would be in this amazing groove and then cut the song short. And because you know myself included the audience was on different levels of intoxication you couldn't really understand what he was saying yeah so it wasn't like you were like really connecting with like oh yeah yeah rant on man yeah the first 30 minutes of that show were phenomenal i remember watching it and i was like uh, because i love kanye especially like old kanye and that was like Mm. right at the point when he started becoming crazy so he still had like good music that he did at his shows. Yeah. You know? Right. And that was post Yeezus. So he was playing like Blood on the Leaves. Uh, yeah, yeah. Jack White said that oh. was the best concert he's ever seen. The Yeezus tour. 
Oh, which wow. is crazy. Oh, to with think the about. mask. On. Oh, I mean, yeah. speaking yeah. of which, Jack White was amazing that year. Yeah, yeah. Because and, and you know why? Because he jammed. He jammed like fucking hell. He yeah. did an hour long encore. Yeah, oh my god. I I yeah. wish I could have stayed. I left early to go see Frank Ocean. Yeah, but see, you can't be mad about that, because right? Frankie O. You know, Dude, Frank that, Ocean, that, and it was Frank Ocean doesn't tour, so that's like that's amazing yeah, that we got to see Frank yeah, Ocean and we had when to, we did, and we had to see him instead of the Flaming Lips for that reason too. They were on Jack that, White, Frank Ocean, Flaming Lips. Like, well, night, not yeah, just such, that's, it was okay, also so that's it was where, also Earth, Wind, and Fire. Yeah, yeah. with Kendrick and Chance guesting. No, no, for, that was 2015. Oh, was it? The Skrillex Super Jam was going on okay. at the same time. See, this is so what starts why, to happen. It all yeah. starts no, to No, but I mean, together. that is the trouble that comes in where they have these different choices. Sometimes they stage it so there's like three different, completely different artists all happening at the same time. And sometimes you love all three of those yeah. artists and you're like... But that's what they try to do. You either have to like split your time up and do like half year half there in which case like i've had to do that before where i start to see a band and then i just sprint across the across the farm <laughs> to, to the other it, place yeah. in order to so i can like mm-hmm. fully hear all of it i know i had to do that at um Ugh. 2016's bonner it was um i can't remember something it was like death cab for cutie and like three other bands that I was like all like pretty good on but like i didn't really i wasn't like in love with any of them but then it worked out perfectly that would be like i'm hearing this band i hear like the one song that i really wanted to hear sprint across the field (laughs) go over to the what stage death cap as soon as i get there they start playing i will follow you into the dark and i just like (laughs) run back over there like that's just it kind of worked out perfectly See, see there's there's this balance whenever the 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 lineup starts to get that stacked that you're like on a rigid schedule if you go too far in that direction, it's going to be a bad time. Yeah, you have, to, you of, have to kind of stay. Keep you got to time how far everything is and like depending on like who's the better closer versus who starts at what time. Yeah, yeah. And part this, of the magic of a music festival is just like kind of surrendering to it and yeah. being like, I'll see what well, I'll yeah, see. Because sometimes you, you plan something, but you're like, well, this show is too good. I'm not leaving. Yeah. Or yeah. this show is I thought it would be better. So I'm going to go. See, somewhere and else. sometimes you're just like, I have to commit like. I'm so upset that Damon Auburn and Cage the Elephant played at the same time. And at the time, Cage the Elephant had just come out with Melophobia. Oh, we, we were big into Cage my, that like, year. Melophobia is still my favorite Cage the Elephant album. I love that album so much. And we were like right up front. Like we were right in the very front of which stage to see mm. Cage the Elephant. And they started having like some technical difficulties. And they're like playing it off. They played um like Still Dre or something like that on guitar, like yeah. while they're figuring stuff oh, out. Yeah, that was funny. But like I could just faintly hear in the background like feel good and Cowboy. Yeah, Cage was And also it's like located. I'm trapped here. I can't I cannot move <laughs> yeah. from where um, I am now. Before we move on, this is just a footnote for a future pod. We need to do a live reading of each of our reviews for Thank You, Happy Birthday. Oh, the Cage wow, the Elephant album. Yeah. We all wrote iTunes reviews in twenty eleven. Oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> you gotta bring them back. No, no, no. We were see we were so excited for that album that we prepared and we got it when it leaked. Yeah. So, well, yeah, but we prepared for as soon as the Shout album went live on iTunes Yeah, that we would post oh, yeah. our and, reviews. And Ernie's got his up first. So it shot to the top and yeah. he was like, Hey, by the way, check iTunes before we went to the- <laughs> and I was like, Fuck, damn it. <laughs> and it's still on there. Yeah. It's still on there. To my, my headline for the review is monumental <laughs> with a period. Anyway, um, so do you have, like, some inside baseball info here about booking prices? Yeah, so, I mean, obviously, like, as artists get bigger, like, they get more expensive, which is why, like, I think a lot of us get, like, really unimpressed when it comes to seeing lineups. Yeah. It's because, like, 
you look at old lineups, you're always going to see artists that got bigger versus like artists that right. like stayed big, you yeah, know? Yeah. And uh, when it comes down to it, like you're looking at some like so Beyonce uh, last year at Coachella, she had to do two performances. She had a two and a half hour show. I think it was two hours, maybe. She was eight million. What? Yeah. Jesus. So that's four crazy. million per show. Yeah. So that's like the highest it usually goes. So when it comes to like festivals, right? And uh, so when you're looking at like bigger bands that you like, you're looking at a couple hundred thousand. Yeah. But like, so if I had to ballpark it, probably like Vampire Weekend will probably be 350, 400, something like that. Okay. You know? What about when something like when Mumford and Sons had to drop out? And Jack Johnson filled in. See, you so know probably it. they probably got their money back for Mumford and Sons, and then they just like Jack Johnson was there. He was doing a show with he was doing like a like a Surprise, special guest, secret. yeah, for ALO. And then he was just like, yeah, uh, Jack Johnson, if you want to just play an extra set, we'll just give you the money we were going to give, mm. maybe even more because it's such short notice, right? And they had to save Bonnaroo essentially. Yeah, yeah. Well, you I know? mean, they had to do something similar in 2016 where somebody dropped out. Somebody dropped out. I can't remember who it was, but Jason Mraz was there, just like there for like some kind of a special guest or something like that. And they're like, "Hey, Jason, like, can we get you on there?" And Jason Mraz was filling it for somebody much, much smaller than them. But they're like, "Well, this will look even better." It's like, "Yeah, this person dropped out, but we got Jason Mraz well, instead." You dum, dum, <laughs> I would have uh, that would spiral me into a bad trip. <laughs> <laughs> I saw, saw Jason Mraz show and it was it was actually it was it like it was dead because yeah. nobody like knew about it. So that would that would be a really it was funny announced like the morning of video ideas like someone sees his fedora and they think it's like talking and they're like I gotta get the <laughs> fuck out of here. Um, yeah. Anyway, uh, let's that's, take let's take a, a quick money, let's but... take a quick break and yeah. we're gonna get more into some of these behind the scenes. Okay, yeah, for sure. Uh, stuff before uh, we talk about our favorite concerts that we've been to. So. We will be right back. I don't want no artificial. I don't want no artificial. I don't need no artificial. I don't want no artificial. Is at the age to separate the homies from the friends. When she hit the fan to show you blood from the kin. And my family always kept the two by the lens. Are we on? Yeah. Okay. Okay. I just didn't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what's that saying everyone says? It's like, don't bring sand to the beach. Exactly. Yeah. No, but what I was going to say is this guy, like, he uh, he was freaking out that we just pulled into this gas station. And there were a bunch of cops there. Oh, God. And he has a bottle full of rum. So it's alcohol. It's not even illegal. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's just a bottle full of rum. And he pours it into a Coke bottle all of it and he's just holding he's just holding a coke bottle and he's freaking out at the gas station we're just getting gas but there's so many cops at the gas station and he's like trying to get people to like down this coke rum for him he's like please 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 help me drink this rum officer please drink this Yeah. They can't see. They can't know. That guy. That guy's a goofball. That guy's too <laughs> oh, crazy. Man. It's like, dude, you could have just left the rum in the rum bottle yeah, and not drink it. Fine. Then it would have all been legal. Like, what? <laughs> oh, 
um, the the dumbest thing that people do is whenever they're like driving up through like uh, like past the Atlanta area because the thing is that like cops know like they're like okay it's like this festival weekend like dude I mean everybody writes it on their fucking cars yeah exactly people write on their cars they're just like heading to Bonnaroo and it's like okay so you're just like yeah please roll me search me I probably have things on me I should and I I guess this can kind of tie into the conversation because like Bonnaroo has gotten so massive that the people of Tennessee want to make money off of these idiots that are like very, very careless with their substances. So it's actually become local government policy to every year target people to like bust them for drugs. I mean, there's like such things as like speed traps. If you go into like small towns in like Georgia or even like North Florida and stuff mm-hmm. like that, little speed trap towns where it's like known. Like if you go two miles over the speed limit, as soon as it hits that speed limit change, you'll get pulled over. Then this, it's like drug stops. Like they just like they know. If you have a Florida license plate, you're gonna get pulled yeah. over, and you have like a full car full of people, you're fucked. You're fucked. Yeah. Anyway, so. I want. I really am interested in this because when I when lineups come out every single year, I think about this. Is there a bubble? Like, when does it end? When are there too many? Well, festivals? I guess I guess you can you can also talk about like, I've I've gotten the sense that festivals are, lineups are getting worse. Yeah, like they are not as good as they used to be. It goes back to like what we talked about the the artists that you like, and because like, you like the smaller artists at like past festivals, right? But then they get bigger. And more expensive. It, yeah, they get more expensive. So 21 Pilots in Bonnaroo 2013 was, what, maybe 30K, 50K at most. And now they're like probably close to a million to book, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, Yeah. now they'd be a headliner. And, and yeah. another component of that is festivals are no longer just for music people. They're for everybody. So you'll see acts who I just couldn't imagine playing at a festival. Like... Uh, at Jazz Fest this year, it's mostly like old bands, which is really cool. And then you'll just have like Katy Perry throat. I just don't think she's a festival person. Like I just don't think that that works. It, there is there is a balance that can be struck, right? And I know that when these festivals start to they they want to go for these big names, they want to have the balance between like the rock stuff and the hip hop stuff and the pop stuff. So what do you think is the thinking behind when? Like, for example, the first festival that I went to was Lollapalooza 2010. Mm-hmm. Lady Gaga played. Mm-hmm. You know, that that doesn't sound like a festival act. See, but that's 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 someone that's going to bring people there. Exactly. Lady Gaga in 2010 was like bad romance. On top of the yeah. world. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So it's like, obviously, there's like big gets that like everyone's like, oh, if she's at that festival, I want to see her. I'll buy at the very least a day pass to go see her, mm. you know, um, but also Every festival has, like, its own, like, persona and, like, who you're trying to please. Yeah, brand. So, like, you'll think about, like, the Camp Bisco, right? It's a festival that's in, like, New York. And what they do is they get, like, all of these, like, drug-induced, like, themed artists. Yeah, trippy stuff. Yeah, exactly, trippy stuff. And it's, like, they're not going to book, like, Paul McCartney for that because, like, none of the Wooks are going to care about that. Yeah, there's that. And then there's, like, the rural ones that have more jam bands, like, bluegrass-type stuff. And then you have, you know, the huge broad ones, obviously, that are just trying to yeah, get Yeah, that they everybody. have to get everybody they can. So, yeah. like, you know, these festivals, like, Coachella sells out before the lineup comes out yeah. months before, mm-hmm. every year. Mm-hmm. And they get, I don't even know how big their festival holds. I think it's, like, 90 or something. 90K. That sounds yeah. right. Bonnaroo 
used to get around like the 75s, 80s. They had that one year that they dipped, uh, 2016, when they went to like 45k. Wow. Yeah. And LCD sound system played that year. Yeah. It, was it, that the was that the top of the lineup? LCD, Tame, and Pearl Jam. Okay. But it's like, if you're like a normal like dude. Tame Impala and LCD are pretty niche. Well, none of, none of those are on FM radio. Yeah, exactly. And that's, that's kind of the dividing line. So then those guys are like, am I really going to pay 350 bucks for a Pearl Jam concert? Like, that's <laughs> no. what they're thinking, you know? So um, that's kind of what it becomes. And like these, these lines have to like wow certain types of people. And like for us, they'll only have like 11 or 12 artists that we really like, which is usually enough to like reel us kind of in, you know? Yeah. Cause that's a lot. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> to see it but once. then you, the people that don't normally go to festivals and they see like one artist that they really like, they're like, Hey, my friends are going, I'll, I'll tag along. Yeah, and that's when yeah. you start getting like these massive festivals. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm trying to just like decide what I would prefer in the future because we are getting more specialized festivals now, like rolling loud. It's just hip hop. The and Miami, and yeah. if you like hip hop, it is like an absolute smorgasbord. It's everybody. Oh um, yeah, was it like Travis Scott. It's just Jay everyone. Cole. Yeah, every single person is there uh, yeah. that you would want to see in hip hop because that they spent all the money on one genre. Uh, so that makes a lot of sense. And then you have the uh, shaky knees. Shaky knees is like all rock. Yeah, yeah indie rock. Yeah, yeah, and that's very cool. Uh, and then there's that there's that one that's like uh, trashy shaky knees that has like. Shaky beats. They'll have. They'll have like <laughs> EDM festivals are more popular than oh, any yeah. other type of festival. But like, what's what's that one that'll have like uh, Buck Cherry <laughs> and like Three Days Grace and all those? Oh, uh, you're talking about um, Welcome to Rockville in Jacksonville. One of yeah, so, there there are those festivals too. Like, there's a festival for everybody at this point. Um, hey man, uh, Warp Tour. All right, no, rip in peace. Yeah, but yeah, the EDM ones are where that's that's. I mean, that kind of seems like that's where the money is because that's. There's always people that are going to be like wanting to just like do a bunch of drugs and go listen to some yeah. dance. So, do beats. you think that this festival, like you know, bubble that it started getting bigger and bigger? Do you think it all started from the EDCs and the ultras and like all the electronic when, music? When did those start? Those kind of started blowing up like 2012, 2013, okay. like around well, 2011 even. So, I think that was a big part of it. Is that music crossing over into the mainstream? It, I, I could see that and then so people get into it they're like they hear it on the radio like sort of edm and they're like oh where can i see this and they're someone's like well there's a festival that it's all at and also molly is there yeah. and all these drugs and you're like oh i've never tried those things i might want to get into that and then it cut to five years later you have dreads and all you do is camp at festivals <laughs> you're a wook oh yeah i mean the <laughs> there's a whole type of people that never left the fest yeah and i'm still they, at the farm man yeah they wear they wear like yeah. uh camelbacks in their daily lives yeah. and like trippy sweatpants we just talking about before well this is this is wooks like how would you define a, a wook i mean the wooks are always they always have like the backwards hat and like the, with all the pins on it mm -hmm. you know and they have like those loose those loose I call them acid pants. They're mm -hmm. like the ones that they're like. Yeah, really they're like loose. almost parachute pants, yeah. but like yeah. they're like kind of trippy yeah. colors. Well, they that's are. a relic. That's a relic of like the Grateful Dead days and like the pins too. Because yeah. like I remember at Bonnaroo, I would see these like forty something, almost fifty something dudes that were like you could tell that they had been doing like hardcore drugs for decades, and this was just their well, lives. I mean, now. especially like whatever in uh 
the festival in Bonnaroo 2016, whenever I saw Dead & Co. play, it was, like, the most diverse group that you'll ever see. Because you have, like, 18-year-olds who, like, their daddies bought them tickets and stuff like that. You have, like, this, like, very, like, white privileged group of people that are there. And then just, like, these really, like, old men who, like, this these is, old white men the have just been know. left into dead for, like, 50 yeah. years. Yeah, so, Regardless, yeah. they're very white. Yeah, they are. Well, well, it's just, yeah, now it's just young people who are... I, I almost get it because the atmosphere is like so intoxicating that I could see having the, the feeling of like, I can just go to another one in three weeks. There's another one that's like not that far away. And, I, I can mean, just drive there, man. I can we just were, fucking go. So this kind of leads into the whole bubble thing. I think that that's why whenever something like Firefest was announced, people didn't really bat too much of an eye at first until stuff started coming out. Because it's like, oh, it's another festival. Yeah, it's like a premium festival. But it's like there's just another fe- – because this – when this all happened in like 2014, this was kind of in the rise of the music festival scene. Yeah. So it was kind of like, oh yeah, you know, it's just another one. Danny, of these. did you watch that documentary? Yeah, I watched the documentary. What do you think? Uh, in relation to like I'm, everything we've been talking about. I mean, essentially, I mean, it fell because of poor planning, right? And it's like, I think it was just a people, a bunch of people who've never thrown a festival before. Yeah, and you, you I mean you saw the lineup, right? It was like good music and like Blink One Eighty Two and then Diplo, and <laughs> you're like, what? You know, and it's like you're paying thousands of dollars to see those three guys. Like, yeah, I don't know. I like I saw it happen, and I was like, I mean, if I could afford it, I'd think about it, but. I think something like that is less about the music and more about yeah it was but it was about the experience yeah they sold it was a, about, they sold an could image be on a private island but also the the, the social Paul, clout Escobar's island yeah <laughs> the social clout of it all yeah they, and how I, they advertise through influencers exactly like, in yeah. the past I don't know five years or so that's been the focus if you look at like Coachella culture mm. it's not about the music. At all, mm-hmm. it's about taking awesome Instagram pictures. Yeah, wearing yeah. an Indian headdress. Okay, <laughs> I actually went to Coachella. Oh yeah, and I I went oh. the second weekend. So the first weekend is usually when all the like the celebrities go and stuff. And mm-hmm. like, yes, those types of people exist that they take the fit pictures. But it really depends on what types of shows you're going to. Like the shows I was going to, I was not seeing those. I was seeing like okay. King Cruel, and nice. people were digging the music. Yeah, people oh, yeah. were okay. digging the music. The only thing, well, I don't of course, like about... King Cruel. Yeah, like, and then Alt <laughs> J, I was watching, and it's like that's awesome. The only thing I don't like about that festival is that you can't carry drinks around. Really, you have to drink alcohol in a beer garden, and you can't take it out unless you Why? like sneak it out. Well, yeah, that's weird. Yeah, but uh, the production odd. unmatched. Like, yeah, I've I've always wanted to go to Coachella just because it seems like Coachella and Lollapalooza are like two festivals that like have always wanted that and uh, Gov Balls too because I've always wanted to go to Governor's Ball just because it's in the New York atmosphere and everything else like that. It seems like a great city fest. Yeah, one thing I wanted to touch on like earlier, but I guess I'll mention it now. Like the city fest, the really cool thing about them are like the after shows. Sometimes, yes, yeah, outside of that, awesome. Because the thing is that you're in like downtown Atlanta, they have like a noise curfew. Like you can't just be out, like just playing really loud music at two in the morning. Mm. So the festival generally winds down by like 11 midnight. And then there are bands that are just like, all right, we're playing a 1am slot at this club. Yeah. Yeah. And like, like Lollapalooza, like, well, I'll talk about it in my favorite concerts. I'll talk about that part. Well, Chicago, they're very strict with their yeah, it's uh, 10 curfew. O'clock. 10 o'clock. Yeah, and they shut down the festival. Everything. No question about mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Interesting. Uh but getting into like the downtown shows that that leads into your next point about radius clauses, right? Oh yeah. So essentially um 
depending on the power of the festival and like how much money you actually have, you have this thing called a radius clause that like whenever an artist signs with your festival, they can't they can't play within like 300 ish miles and three months before and after of their actual show. So, yeah, that depends. That's like a weak one. So like, wow. Yeah. Like, well, it's like a strong one, but like Coachella has like the strongest one because it's like. They also control like what shows you play in the week in between, okay. right? Because it's like if you're a band and you're in California, you're you're gonna play a, a show like that Friday, and then it's like you can't play any. You have to travel somewhere else to go play, and then you got to come back, mm-hmm. you know? Because they have the same lineup both weekends. Mm. So if you want to play like L.A. and San Francisco, there you has can't. to be a show in between. Well, no, you can't play L.A. or San Francisco unless Coachella allows you to. So that's like the whole the whole thing. So like basically. I think there's an example where Tame Impala did have a show, right? And so Tame Impala does have a show in between the two weekends. So it's like they have their Saturday headlining slot. Then they have another show during the week. It's like a private show by the same company that hosts Coachella. And then they have to come back again for Friday. So it's like as a band, you can't, th- that's the only chance you're going to get to see them in California. Yeah, you basically – I mean because – they can schedule it so it's like one like Sacramento, like North California, so it's far enough away, and then like they'll play their Coachella slot, and then they have to go like Vegas or something, like go out of the state yeah. and then come back in. Well, yeah, because and, and it does make sense because if you're a band, you would schedule your dates around like the the uh, festival, yeah. Which means if they didn't have this clause, like half of the acts would be playing in that area, and and you could just be like, well, I'm just gonna cherry pick and go to four different shows and pay half of Coachella. Yeah, so that's like the really cool thing is like you can kind of guess like who's going to go to what festivals when they release like their tour dates, right? Interesting. So it's like you can be like, okay, uh, LCD Sound System just released their their tour dates. There's none in Chicago and they have like a big gap early August. So probably, wait, wait for the Lala lineup. Yeah, yeah. they're probably going to be at Lala, you know? Okay. So it's like you can do that kind of guessing. So it's well, really- especially in, in Florida, we don't get many big acts coming down here. I mean, we don't, we, the closest thing we have to a big fest is Okeechobee, which is by all accounts dead. For- well, it's <laughs> coming back next year, apparently. It is? Yeah. Okay. So they nice. shut it down for this year. It's like a, a, it's part of the festival graveyard for now. But uh, <laughs> what is this festival graveyard? Yeah, what's in there? I mean, like festivals that basically don't have enough money to start up again. So like, they go like Sasquatch, one or two Sasquatch years. was one yeah, of them that like didn't happen anymore. Uh, because they're not owned by big. Yeah. Money so like, people. there's nothing that can like back it. I don't know if you saw, but Bonnaroo used to do the booking. Like, I think the same people that did Bonnaroo, like they booked Okeechobee, then they left. Well, they, I think those guys sold Bonnaroo to then go start Oki, right? Okay, so this is what happened. Uh, Bonnaroo is done by. Uh, who was AC Entertainment. It used to be done by AC Entertainment and they were widely successful. And then they really wanted to make a big push for like making updates to the farm. So like permanent bathrooms and like good running water. But the farm is privately owned. Well, not that's not the problem. It's just they didn't have the money, uh. you know? So they basically were like, are we going to put up a festival and then not have as good artists and like hope people come? Or are we just going to have someone else shell out the money or like we give majority. So they ended up giving majority ownership to live nation mm-hmm. that one year, they that gave was 51%. What, 2015? the end of 2015 and then 2016 was live nation's first year. 
So, um, and it didn't go well. It did not go well. <laughs> yeah. Damn. So, uh, basically, but they like, had new bathrooms. They do have new bathrooms, <laughs> and the water does not taste like sulfur. So okay. that takes the magic out of it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I want to smell like poopy <laughs> the whole time. But yeah, essentially, that's what happened with Bonnaroo. And then um, after a while, Live Nation was like, "Okay, we can't do this shit." Like, you, you, we're still gonna make money off it, but you have majority ownership again. Huh. Yeah. So, this so is was... it back to the standard it used to be at? What do you mean? Would you say Bonnaroo? Like, is it back to its old? I mean, glory if you days? saw the lineup this year, they had fished three freaking times yeah i actually i wanted to talk about it i pulled up that lineup because i was looking at past bonnaroo lineups i know like we keep going back to bonnaroo but would you say that's kind of like a good litmus test for the whole festival yeah thing? It, it, i think I, so i think the person that always wins is coachella i think coachella has the best lineup year in and year out yep. but the thing with coachella is like it's so hard what to a, get to it's so hard to get to well because we're on we're in florida but also like I, i've never been you tell me if you're wrong if i'm wrong but i feel like the culture of coachella is very superficial it's not as much about like enjoying the music it's it's that it's that picture that everybody painted for you what coachella is like because like when you see pictures of coachella you see the people taking pictures of the ferris wheel and the stupid ass art you know but in reality it depends on what shows you're going to if you're going to a show i'm next to a guy that freaking loves king cruel like Tyler the Creator was like five like five steps ahead of me, you know, watching King Cruel with me, you know? Wow. It's like that kind of shit. But like what really about cool. what about when Outcast played? I remember watching the live stream for that and the front row was lifeless. So here's the thing. The live stream always happens on the first weekend. The first weekend is when all the people it always sells out first, because those are the all the rich people. All the people that don't really care about the music, they go to be seen. And that's yeah. what you see. I Yeah, I, I understand your point because it, it at this point, uh, like where we are with festival culture, at any culture, it's going to be any any big festival. It's going to have that deal going on where like there will be plenty of people who are there for the gram. And then there will be so many other people who are there for good reasons. And yeah. that you'll have a good time. But I don't is think that... you can go to a festival and like you can see Khalid and be like, these people are all here for the music. You know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, is that. Is that good or is that bad? Because if they're if they're paying money and they're helping the festival get bigger and more successful, you know, what's I the personally I personally think it's awesome because those artists bring so much money to the actual festival. And when they're on at a nine o'clock time slot, I'm seeing another equally great artist in like what I prefer. And it's a lot emptier and I don't have those people at my show. So that's why I prefer it because like then I'm seeing local natives and I'm literally at the freaking like rail and no one's bothering me. You know, you can go to the bathroom. Not a huge deal. Wow. You know, so I prefer it technically. That reminds me of Okeechobee when Drew was getting his face blasted with base nectar lasers. (laughs) Yeah, I decided to go off with uh, Kevin, friend of the pod, to go see base nectar. And I was at Solange who... Granted, went on almost an hour late because wow. she was figuring yeah, out. Yeah, but that was stage. like a good show, right? So it was amazing. I, I can't talk shit about EDM because it's just personally, it's not my thing. Everything is subjective. Uh, I didn't like the show. I didn't enjoy it. Uh, but it was it was packed. It right? was packed. It was a very cool it light show. Is, man. I didn't like. And what meanwhile, I heard. Solange right next door, there mm. was like no one there. Okay, because Bass Nectar is one of those people that when you get. He has such a loyal fan base. Yeah. So when you see Bass Nectar at a festival, well, not only that, but like you, 
those are like the legit wooks. Like those are the <laughs> are wooks. Yeah. Yeah. The oh, base nectar people are the ones that go to they, every festival. Yeah. Yeah. If, They'll they'll follow him around and stuff. I lost right? a cousin to being a wook. <laughs> is, is, he's she's, the guy that gone. does the big uh, New Year's Eve thing, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah that's that's whole, New York. It's like an arena. Yeah, one of the, uh, the... my old coworkers, Eddie, actually has gone to that like hey, three years Eddie. straight. It's called base. He, all, he goes. He saves up money the entire year so that he can, can buy a plane. <laughs> he literally like buys a plane ticket, goes there, and like just like finds like some hotel, like some shitty ass motel, stays there for a night, and then flies back jesus yeah it's, it's like those are the real fans it's like a rotating stage in the middle of an entire coliseum that's what he that does sounds amazing yeah damn all right i want to return to this uh bonnaroo being the litmus test of this whole thing because you brought up the new lineup for yeah. the summer's fest the fish we got or fish we got fish doing a, a friday night set and then a double sunday night set uh, and then in between there, we have Childish Gambino, Solange, Brockhampton. Fish taking a page out of the String Cheese incident. But yeah. Well, String Cheese does seven sets, though, on one festival. Yeah, but Fish, they've been around the block. Like, Fish, they Fish do... is another. Yeah. They're yeah. one of those like really yeah. loyal fan bases. They had, what was that 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 concert they had in Madison Square? Uh, Baker's they, Dozen. They always do Madison Square Garden yeah. every year. It was, it was called Baker's Dozen, and it's a 12-day they literally book Madison Square Garden for like twelve different days, and it all the whole thing sells out every year. Every yeah, year. They, I mean they every you, night. Well, they've they had festival culture surrounding their tours before it exploded. Like that's following fish around the country. Yeah, is them a and common, dead were like the most common things where yeah. people just followed them around forever. I mean, like if you ask like an older fish fan, they probably have seen fish like well over a hundred times. <laughs> Like, I mean, uh, R.I.P. Harris Whittles, before he died, oh, yeah. he, um, he, he saw Fish like 250 yeah. plus yeah, times. Yeah, listen, listen to Analyze Fish if you haven't. It's a oh, great... Oh, man, it's, it's so good. Because it's about him trying to teach Scott Ackerman to like fish. Yeah, and it doesn't and work. Doesn't. Um, but it's fascinating, the, the culture that surrounds it and how that uh, blossomed into what we have now because uh, festivals have become corporatized absolutely someone's funding everything of course uh but i think they are a net positive in the world like they they bring people together for an amicable purpose which is to listen to good music Um, and and in a world where album sales are just down the fucking toilet people pay money to go see it live it is kind of like sad that like whenever you think about like how like the first festival ever it was woodstock Woodstock, it was like, yeah, it was here to like see all these like great bands and all this kind of stuff. But it was also like we're making a statement. That statement's gone now when there's like 200 music festivals that happen every year. Like, yeah, there isn't really that. I mean, Woodstock is coming back this year for Woodstock 50, um, which actually it has a really good lineup and everything else. But it's like it's that it's not going to have the same like the same meaning that it once had. Also, Woodstock tw- like 1999 was a total disaster. Um, so. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, speaking to the corporatization, it definitely can go too far into no longer feeling like a genuine experience. Uh, like when I went to Panorama Fest in New York City. Yeah, you know that one? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it's, it was like a cool area. Like it's this, you take a subway to Harlem and then you go across a bridge and it's an island. Uh, Randall's Island, I think. And But every every 
thing there had a brand name on it like every there was like a, a psychedelic light show thing and it all over it it said sponsored by hp and <laughs> i don't it's well it's just like do you really think that like millennials are gonna be like yo hp is like trippy dude like, <laughs> Have you been to HP's like, light yeah, show yet? I should buy like a laptop from them. Like I just don't I think they're really trying to corner our market uh really hard and I, that bothered me because uh you can also find at most festivals like that type of thing like a weird light show or like a weird gong thing and it's just like some dude who just goes to festivals and does this for people, you know. Oh, uh, the th- like the thing we saw at Okeechobee. Yeah, we did this. Yeah, yeah, yeah we yeah, did this yeah. really weird gong thing where you just you sit in the middle of a circle of gongs and people just bang them, and it's like this like ama- like this crazy noise, and you basically meditate. And it was like interest. It was fascinating. Like I had a good time. Yeah, and, and it wasn't like brought to yeah, you and by it was, Verizon. Yeah, and it was just like these people that do. <laughs> yeah, they were just like, yeah, we just kind of like go around. Here's and do some this. noise brought to you by Verizon. <laughs> yeah, and they were like, yeah, it doesn't cost anything. Just you know, donate if you can because we're trying to keep going places and i was like no thanks that's, all right that's one thing one thing i really loved about okeechobee is that there was this more kind of homegrown feeling to oh, yeah. it it was it didn't feel like the last time i went to bonnaroo that i could tell that oh something's changed yeah. you know you could see the the sheriffs patrolling everywhere the undercover cops well, with the steel toe boots well i mean know? that has to do whenever you talk about like i mean we can kind of touch on it now but the whole like live nation the buyout taking over of like like all these like big companies that are kind of taking over and controlling the people that actually put on these festivals i think well that's that and also tied to what i was saying earlier about how that specific county that houses Bonnaroo, Coffee County, their local government, their attorney general wants well, I mean, to target. Yeah, the, but I mean, I feel festival. like that's happening like it not just at Bonnaroo, but at, like all festivals like that. It's being more and right. more like that. It's happening. I mean, it's honestly it's it's kind of crazy to think about because Atlanta, uh, depending on where you go, is not necessarily the best city in the world. I love Atlanta. I will make that clear. I love Atlanta. I would live there one day if I could. Um, but it like you could walk around Atlanta with an open container and nobody gives a fuck. <laughs> but like if you go like certain like camping festivals and you like do one thing wrong, they're like, hey, hey, hey put that out. Like just because it depends on who's actually putting this on and how much law enforcement they actually have coming in to control it versus just like fire marshals that are just making sure that shit doesn't yeah go bad people don't die yeah everyone's safe uh are do we have any last thoughts on this before we move on to our favorite concerts uh what, what yeah well, what i mean there's like one more thing i was gonna touch on is like um so like whenever like these tours kind of happen a lot of the time like bands will like they'll do a contract with like a certain label so like let's say i think brockhampton did one with uh live nation last year and it wasn't the case because they were everywhere but when they signed on to their major yeah they signed on they'd signed on to do the tour with live nation right and live nation if they paid enough money could have been like you can't play any festival that we're not hosting so they could have just been an exclusive for like bonnaroo or something but it probably was way too expensive because like brockhampton was blowing up Mm -hmm. so like people like golden voice or aeg who host coachella they do that kind of stuff um so um c3 also does uh Lollapalooza, and so mm-hmm. like whenever you see like c3 presents or whatever for like a certain concert it's like you know they might be at Lollapalooza. you know it's just another thing to look at like whenever you're seeing these tours and you can do like a little guessing game kind of wow. thing 
That's crazy. Yeah. Are you like involved in this business? No. So <laughs> I'm by no means Are an you expert. Super agent. But no, <laughs> contrary to popular belief, mm. um, no, I go on these like forums. Like so, Reddit is really popular for it. But uh, Inforu, like, they have so is many people. Is that still alive? Yeah. Dude. I remember going on those that Those people back are the, the worst. <laughs> <laughs> those... It's the Info Wars of Bonnaroo News. <laughs> dude, essentially, they hate anything that, like, you like. So Aww. so it's like, uh, they'll look at a lineup and they'll be like, fucking garbage. You know? <laughs> it's but, not Radiohead. It's trash. Yeah, exactly. It's like, if Bjork isn't on a lineup, they're like, <laughs> they're like, okay, this is the worst lineup I've ever seen. You know? That's really so, uh, yeah, they're really, I mean. Aside from that, they have a lot of knowledge. So that's like, I just read. I lurk. Yeah. So I don't like, I don't want to like, you know, butt heads with them. But they're like, they know their shit. So like, they'll be like, oh, no, they're playing this day at that time. So they can't be at this festival. Yeah. It's very unlikely. You know, that's that's interesting. I another thing I want to say is I, I want to be empathetic toward the people who are like, like there's a dichotomy at festivals between the spectators and the participators in the festival. There are a lot of people that go there to watch. However, when I went to Bonnaroo for the first time, that was me. Like, I wasn't, I was just like in awe. I was just watching everything happen. I wasn't like super in the moment because I had never been to anything of that nature. We, I would, I don't know about you, but none of us are like OG fest people. Mm. Like, we are the corporate festival generation. Our first festivals were corporatized already. Yeah. Um, so we can, you know, it's, it's really easy to bash those people because a lot of them can be definitely annoying, but, I, th- I think that it's cool that there is a music festival for any type of person at this point. I yeah. think that that's a very positive idea. You can still have fun even if you have trash taste. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Very true. That, that you can't, you know, it's fine. Have yeah. fun. Yeah. Go yeah. see, uh, I don't know, Cascade or something. Yeah. And shots fired on <laughs> yeah. this podcast. Jesus, festivals are fun in general. They're they're fun. They're fun experiences. If uh, you if should you're... definitely at least like try a camping festival, or just buy, or buy, yeah. And if you haven't gone to any, just buy a one day pass. Yeah, for a festival. buy a one day for like a city pass. Just test it out. Yeah, like, if you just want to like taste it. the waters. Yeah. It's it's genuinely an awesome experience. I yeah, I always recommend camping, but it's just not for some people. But it's truly like escapism beyond anything. That Maybe bring a blow up mattress. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, Danny. Let's start with you. What are your? Should we go? Should we go like around one, one, one by one, or should we do all three? Just do all three. Let's just do. All three. What's your okay, number? Three? You want me to start? Uh, so it was actually my first Bonnaroo. Uh, one of my favorite shows was Pretty Lights. He's mm. like by far. Pretty like, Lights when, is amazing live. Yeah, I was not really a big fan. Then I saw them. I saw him live one day, and it like it just blew. Yeah, my mind. he's one of my favorite artists of all time, and uh, he played at two a.m. and he played until sunrise. So little Danny was very happy with that. <laughs> you know, it was uh, it was quite an experience. It was just like you're dancing for like hours, and then it's just like, when's he gonna end? <laughs> you know? And then uh, next thing you know, the sun's coming up. I'm like, okay, I think he has to finish now. Yeah. You know, <laughs> um, that's definitely one of my favorite shows. What um, what year was that? That was 2013. Okay, wow. Yeah, and he was on during Animal Collective, so I was like, oh, oh I had to choose, man. and I was just like, uh, yeah. are we doing top three festival performances or concerts? I'm doing a little bit of both. Okay, yeah. cool. So cool. then my next ones are actually two concerts. What's so yeah. M- Muse in 2013? I saw him nice. at Amway Arena. They just amazing experience it was before they started with their new albums like i'm not a huge fan of them personally i don't know anyone who is <laughs> yeah <laughs> but like they played a lot of really old stuff so i was like really into it and, like because cool. i've been listening to it since like 
like early 2000s. So yeah. it was like, and they put on like a big time like, yeah. rock show. Yeah, Matthew you know? Bellamy's a beast. If you if you ever want to see like how hard Muse like actually can rock, go like on YouTube and look up their like Wembley Stadium like shows, the electrifying shit. Like it's nuts. That's awesome. Um, they're one of the only bands that's actually put on good performances on SNL whenever they Because <laughs> yeah. it's hard. Like, SNL is a shitty venue Bad for venue. bands yeah. to play. And, like, that's why it usually is better for, like, rap artists and stuff like that whenever they play there. But, like, they kill it whenever they're on that's SNL. That's cool. Yeah. Um, so what's your number one? Okay, my number one, uh, it's a twofer. They're two separate nights mm. and two different bands. Mm. But uh, Lollapalooza does, like, after shows. And they have this one venue called The Metro. And it's like a thousand person venue. And for some reason, they always get headliners to go. Awesome. And like, so only a thousand and like tickets sell out in like minutes, <laughs> you know? And uh, I was able to see the Foo Fighters there. Oh my God. In a thousand person venue. They played for like three and a half hours. Holy it, shit. it was nuts. That's, that's so cool. Yeah. And then I saw Vampire Weekend there last year. Uh. And uh, so back last August, that's where um, they played their new songs off of his iPod. Yeah, his well, phone his, or, his phone. Yeah. yeah. And so the cool thing about it is <laughs> I that heard like, about this. they took they took your phone and they put them in like little pouches and you couldn't record the show at all. Yeah, a lot of venues That's are doing really that now, cool. and I really love that. It's so much better. It's so much better. Like mm. being like someone that like I mean I've been drunk before and I like start videoing shows before, but like because <laughs> you gotta you yeah you know you gotta it. be like I'm not gonna fucking remember this. You know? <laughs> so it's like a video uh, of some guy's head. Yeah, <laughs> and. Uh, but no, like I loved it because it was like he's like, well, none of you have your phones, so uh, I'm gonna play some of the new album right now off my phone. Is that cool with you guys? And we're like, yeah, you that's know. So rad. And he played like six songs, so like every song that's come out, like the four songs that came out on Harmony Spotify. Hall, 20, yeah, 20. I heard those in August. That's awesome. So it was like shit. Like Baby Blue was another one that I was like, oh my god, that's so. But cool. yeah, those two, those two shows. Those Wait, are probably... talk, talk more about the Foo Fighters set. Oh, dude. Okay, so. We were late. It was me and I think it was me and Brad and uh, we were late for sure. But because it started at 11 and we wanted to see like the rest of Lollapalooza because it, it's like 10 and then like the show. Started, but you like, wanted 11. to get there early. Yeah, I wanted to. But I like, you know, it's a little far. So you have to like Uber and shit. So uh, we ended up getting there. And from the beginning, like I think we were like a song or two late. You know, so oh, it wasn't bad. Really that bad, especially for a three and a half hour set. Yeah. Wait, um, what year was this? This was 2017. They weren't even on the Lollapalooza lineup. This was like a random what? 25 year occurrence. Oh yeah. my God. And it was just like, yeah, we got Foo Fighters. And, and like, it wasn't just like Dave Grohl. Like, no, it was the whole guitar. fucking band. Yeah. And it was, they were rocking it. And like oh, the God. acoustics are amazing. And uh, they played from their entire discography. New, I mean, yeah, three hour set. Like, yeah, yeah, new and old. They were playing like everything you wanted to hear and it was just like man dave grohl if you ever get a chance to see the foo fighters you need i've, to. I've seen them yeah. i've seen them i saw an and non an, an arena set yeah uh and i had the worst seats in the whole fucking place okay. i was behind the band Oh, I saw no. their asses the whole time. That shit sucks. Oh, why do they even sell those tickets? That's like, why I don't like horrible. those shows. But it was still a great set. It was just the worst possible scene. Ah, that's mm. a bummer. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, like, now I feel like I can never see the Foo Fighters again just because of how great that one show that's was. That's too perfect because it's it's really rare. Like, there are certain bands that I would really love to see in a small smaller venue, yeah. and it's just not going to... They have no reason to play a small venue ever again. Yeah, you know? so as I was walking in, this guy was he didn't have a ticket so he's like hey how much you want for your ticket i'm like it's not for sale he's like i'll give you 400 bucks right now 
It took everything in me to yeah, like not because like I'd never seen no. the Foo Fighters yeah. and I'd been a fan since like middle school, you know. Yeah. So it was like I have to do this, you know. I have to go, and I was with uh, Brad, so like I couldn't. But it was just everything I've ever wanted in the yeah. show. We we still talk about it. You know? I like, mean, peace, you, Brad. You you probably would have spent those four hundred bucks on like trash on yeah nothing. exactly and so. it's like that experience i'll never forget you yeah. know and i was just Worth like it. good good yeah. choice that's yeah, awesome sure. i mean yeah i pay 400 bucks for something cool to talk about on a podcast <laughs> <laughs> like every time yeah all right drew oh so i didn't even make a list uh i was just planning on listening to you guys and just copying you no uh number i'd say oh, my number three is a tough one uh I've been to a lot of good shows. Most most of the good shows I've been to are festival shows. Um, at the time, uh, Arctic Monkeys at at that Bonnaroo, Dude, yeah, the daytime set, be, yeah, that was a great show. show. Just be, they were my favorite band uh, of all time at that point. Um, I can't say that anymore. But and he it was post AM and he came out. I was so impressed because they sounded. Like they they did some superfluous stuff, but the sound quality was identical like the album, to the yeah. albums. Like they they sounded better live, which is really also, rare. Alex Turner, Alex has, Turner's god. Well, and yeah, he, some fucking it was swagger, just, it was so fun watching him perform. He just yeah, he had a vibe. It just the whole show. I was just so happy. Like I had never been so happy at a show before because it was like this is my favorite of all time band. We're like we were really close. That was the show that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I remember this story. No, I don't know no, this one. Hunter, uh, Hunter had some had, had a good time. He had a lovely moment with a lovely new, a lovely friend. lady. <laughs> um, it was it was just so it was just so happy. He's like, like red as a tomato right now. <laughs> oh man, we're gonna have to can't even that. remember her name now. But uh... it, was, it was Carly. Don't worry. And we have her on the pod right now. <laughs> Special guest. Oh. <laughs> That'd yeah. be great. Anyway, it was just so much fun. We can cut that part out if you want. <laughs> it was it was an absolute blast. My number two is going to be Chance, that same Bonnaroo. 2014. Because, like I said, there is... It was like a moment. It was mm. a, a moment in his life you could feel. It yeah. wasn't another show for him. It was the show that was like, I made it. Like, he he basically said as No, much yeah, he said it. He, he was crying on yeah. stage because he was like, I've never had anything like this Yeah, before. and we were really up close... I was I'm off, so jealous. I was I was off the Soylent like crazy. I was going mad. We should just say Soylent and place everything was, else. I was so far back that I couldn't because it was at a tent. It was yeah. a small. It was a small. It was, uh, it was at um. I actually have a pulled up. He was at a uh, that tent. Yeah, yeah. It was, so, yeah, it was, it was so small. overflowing. And, well, I couldn't break through. That the crowd. tent's like the small one. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. What were they thinking? Uh, people are probably. <laughs> so, I just thought about well, people are probably so confused. They're like, "What stage? What are you talking well, about?" <laughs> and it makes sense because at that point, all he had was two mixtapes. He yeah. didn't even have an album. Well, Acid Rap was. I know, but it, it well, but it did. It blew up it in was like a year after. It blew up in that. early 2014, so it blew up after they booked him. Basically, they had no idea, and and also the audience that listened to Acid Rap was the Bonnaroo crowd. It was like college kids. Yeah, of course. Um, it, it was just a fucking madhouse. Like everyone knew the words. We got sucked in like against our will. There was a super yeah, jam. Yeah, so there was a su- yeah. I was gonna say because I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about it more on mine, but um, there was a super jam that led right into it, and the super jam ended. So people just immediately rushed the stage, and then super jam came back out and did an encore. So then everybody who left for super jam crammed back in, and yeah. we just got pushed we like almost even... all the way to the front. Like it was like literally like fucking sardines. Yeah. In there. Like uh, we were so the tight. only The only reason this isn't my number one is because at one point I did have an anxiety attack. <laughs> 
because it was so this, intense. This crowd was yeah, the, it, and I was sweating. I had a flannel on. Oh yeah, and I I was you know I was off the soylent, so I tried to take it off. I could only get it half off, and I was like, if I take it all the way off, I'm gonna lose it. I can't. I'm not gonna get it into the backpack. That's too hard at this moment. That. You need to trademark off the soylent. <laughs> That's pure gold. We'd be off the soylent on the pod. <laughs> oh, um, <laughs> but. Even then, because y'all like y'all stayed sucked up in the very front. I had to like move back a little bit. So I was I was like still really close, but I wasn't like dying. Uh, It was it was just the most memorable experience I've ever had at a concert. My number one, however, is the front bottoms in Gainesville. I don't know. Yeah, that was like because that was a small venue. Yeah, we so and again, a lot of it plays into what the moment is like for you in your life and how you relate to their music. They had two albums, period, at that point. And that was the only thing we listened to for the whole year leading up to yeah, it. Yeah, it was that specific it wasn't even, moment. Yeah, yeah, we weren't just preparing for the show. It just happened to be the only shit that we listened to. We all lived together, and that was all we ever heard was those two albums. Wait, you guys like the Front Bottoms? <laughs> oh, dude. Friends of the Pod, right? <laughs> We're going to get Brian, Brian get out here. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not nearly as big a fan of their newer uh, two albums, but at this point, I... Like, we all just knew every word. I remember when you first started putting them on, I didn't like them at all. But after a while, I was like, I was, there's something special. Well, at, at a certain point, if you know every word, you're like, oh, I must like this. <laughs> <laughs> and so we went, and the whole crowd was the same. It yeah. was, they it all was knew all every the word. It was pop punk boys and it was, that, like, yeah. grew up listening to, like, MCR and stuff like that. Yeah, and that yeah. genre is kind of dead. And the front bombs are the best version of that yeah. now. And so, the, yeah. the opening band was a band called You Blew It, which came up in Central Florida. Yeah. And and so their whole uh, – people came for them as well. And the whole crowd was doing – like already stage diving for the opener. It was the most lit show I've ever been to. Yeah, um, tiny by the little end venue. of this, they were playing Twin Size Mattress. And like – it reached out because we were up at the very, very front and people were trying to rush on stage. And I got pushed onto stage. I was standing there like a lot right of people next did, to Brian. Yeah. And like there was like probably like 15, 20 people that were just up on stage. They like, had to just stop playing on the stage, jamming with the front bottoms. It was unbelievable. Anyway, number uh, one. Damn. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah. I carried Brian that yeah, night. Yeah, he stage dived across the whole crowd. And I got like, stuck like, holding he's him. He's like, yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go from this stage. I'm going to jump off. I want you guys to carry me out the door it was over just, there. And that's how he left. It, it was the only show he's I've been to guy. where. He's not like. Yeah, no. He's tall, right? Because <laughs> like, yeah. I, I talk about on the pod how I don't pay attention to lyrics sometimes. This was the only show I've been to where I knew every word to every song, and it felt special because of that. It was like, and everyone around, you'd look around, and it was just like, wow, we all know like the bridge. <laughs> you know? uh, so it was great. Anyway, what's yours? All right. So before Hunter talks about Coheed and Cambria for the next hour. <laughs> yeah, because my top three is fly, just I'm going to fly concerts. through my number three was the first festival I ever went to, Lala 2010. So uh, Lady Gaga, Green Day. Green Day. At the oh peak boy. of my that Green was Day right obsession. That we were so into Green Day. That's like American Idiot. And Soundgarden. Oh, Which wow. at the time, I was like, I was like, well, I got to see Soundgarden. But I didn't know that it was like one of the last possible yeah. times to see Soundgarden. Because yeah. now Chris Cornell has passed. And uh, it was it was just a great like introduction to like what festival going can be, uh, and just seeing Green Day it, it was fucking intense. Remember how I was mentioning that Lala like shuts down yeah. at ten. Billy Joel, uh, Billy Joel Armstrong was still out there 
as the festival was shutting down, he was still out there with an acoustic guitar singing um, Good Riddance, Time of Your Life. And they, they had the floodlights on. They were like, cut it out, dude. Like, stop. <laughs> People got to go home. We and he it. was still out there playing. <laughs> it was it was amazing. And also, like, Lady Gaga, just at the height of her powers, yeah. was fucking amazing. Yeah. Number two, uh, Barcelona, Spain, oh, yeah, 2016. That's right. I this one. It's called Primavera Sound Festival. Oh, man. It was the same night. I only bought a one-day ticket. The same night. Back to back, Tame Impala and LCD Sound System. Jesus. It was fucking incredible. And seeing Spanish people jam out to Tame Impala is a whole nother thing. <laughs> like fucking fucked up Spanish people going da 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 just like bouncing. Yeah. Uh, and I saw someone, uh, I saw a proposal in, in LCD Sound System like in the middle of a song, like someone got proposed to, I was like, what the fuck is going on, man? It was like during Someone Great, which is a song yeah. about death. Death? That's yeah. an odd choice. <laughs> yeah, oh, that was that was amazing. It was so good. Um, and then number one, Paul McCartney, Honor yeah. 2013. Macca. You can't, yeah, you can't. Yeah, like I, I don't think I'll ever see a concert as incredible as that. Just, he just went through his entire beatles and solo catalog i mean you were you were there too dan yeah right? i yeah. saw him then um okay well i kind of saw him then i was with a girl at the time and she was not having a good time off the soylent and uh she needed me to take her back to the tent so i left after five or six songs however last year i went to austin city limits and i saw him there Ooh, that's right so i was like you know it was worth the wait. Yeah, so I, I had a similar experience at that show where uh, a girl that I was with, uh, well, I wasn't, she was part of the group of people that I was with. So yeah. we were kind of all in the, sh- in the same shitty situation where she started to kind of freak out a little bit, but we didn't leave the show. We just kind of freaked out and thought we were going to have to bail. But it, 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 I think the music was so overwhelming that that kind of caused her to have a little bit of a panic attack because mm. like these songs that he's playing these songs are, are like 50 years old not just that old. but like everyone has a connection of some sort mm. to the beatles and when you're seeing that for the first time it, it has an effect on you mm. and when you're off the soylent it has yeah. a 10 times more effect on you yeah use soylent response and uh <laughs> and i i will never forget like when she told us to stop and like calm down and be like i just need a second to just breathe we sat down on the grass and he started playing yesterday Oof. and i just like laid back and started looking up at the stars and just started to like have a, a, a peaceful moment it was amazing and, was and just the time. rest of that set him like fi- uh finishing up with the abbey the Abbey Road medley going straight into the end. Yeah. Oh, so beautiful. Yeah. I remember when I was back at the tent with her, like making sure she was okay. My neighbors had just gotten back and they were, <laughs> I remember him putting his stuff down. He's like taking his hat off and he's like, "Woo, man, that was one of the best shows I've ever seen. <laughs> like, and son of a bitch. Oh my God. Ugh, you know. <laughs> And that that Bonnaroo had some other amazing sets like Tame Impala and uh, uh, I mean Tom yeah. Petty, Tom Rip. Petty, yeah. yeah. I, that was the last set of the weekend, so yeah, it yeah. was I was pretty beat by then. Yeah, everyone it, everyone on Sunday is just like 
I'm listening to this. I would much rather be at home right now, but I have to see this because yeah, this is worth a lot of money. No, but Friday night, Paul McCartney, uh, just we'll never forget. Yeah, it. We'll never, also, I will always have this vision of looking out into the crowd, the extensive, massive, massive crowd of the what stage, and I could not see a single phone, not a single phone. Everyone was just watching taking it in those legacy acts at festivals are so freaking cool like elton john was oh, at bonnaroo one that was time. that was a beautiful john was yeah. billy joel Amazing. was there one year like mm. those things are like some of the most like like because then you can relate to your parents with it you know yeah that's what i like being able to tell my mom is like i saw elton john i saw paul mccartney she's like what where do you <laughs> see these guys suck it mom yeah i know <laughs> i'm cool <laughs> it is a good way to connect the experience with them because they're like skrillex what yeah <laughs> what? and you're doing drugs uh no all it's right soylent mom Hunter. <laughs> all right um i did want to quickly say because elton john didn't make my list but i had kind of like uh similarly like powerful experience seeing that because uh seeing like um i have an aunt who i was really close with and she like she passed away whenever I was about 12 years old, but her favorite artist ever was Elton John. So I had mm. like this like extremely powerful moment seeing him there on the last day of yeah. one day. Oh, and you know, the other thing that made that a lot of these like final shows so powerful is that everyone at the festival is there. So even if you're really far back, cause you probably are like we were so far back, but all you see is a sea of people just swaying in yeah. unison so happily swaying so to like yeah. benny and the jets and you're yeah like, it's just wow. it was very nice I, one like distinct like memory i have of that show sorry for interrupting oh, no, you're one, fine, you're one distinct like memory i have of that show is uh during rocket man uh this guy had like a buzz light year and like right when he said rocket man like buzz light year like flew up into the air that's and awesome. i'm like that's so freaking bonnaroo, like, <laughs> <laughs> that's the bonnaroo that's really funny. Yeah. all right so um my number three Go um it's Coheed. Uh. Um, it's Coheed specifically off of the In Keeping Secrets of Silent Earth 3 tour, um, where they played the entire album um, just front to back. I picked this one because I've seen Coheed, I think, seven times at this point. They're my favorite band. I think that even if you're not a fan of them, if you go to a concert and see them live, they rock so hard that it makes you a yeah. fan. Like, I mean, I, I've I know said multiple this. people who yeah. are just like they aren't fans of him. They listen to the the stuff, the studio albums, and they're just like, ah, I don't really like his voice and stuff like that. But wherever you see them live, they just kick so much ass that you kind of are sucked in. Similarly, that's kind of how I felt about Pearl Jam. I was never really a big Pearl Jam fan. They're they saw great them live in 2016. Band. It was like, I'm I'm a fan. I'm a dead fan now. Like now yeah. I'm so into that. Um, Eddie that, Vedder rips, but man. That's how yeah. I got into Anderson Park. Actually, he's a uh, definitely an honorable mention on my list. I I didn't connect oh, with Chubby Malibu Show. at all, and then we saw it live, and I was like, I'm so stupid. Why don't I like this? Yeah. This is so good. I'm such an idiot. Um, but for uh, sleeping. Yeah. No. And we were talking about before. Like, I really love when a band like how you said with Arctic Monkeys how they can basically like replicate their album and then make it better it's not the same like classic jammy or anything like that but Kohi does that so well the way that Claudio how he's singing in that upper register and he can still like hit every single fucking note despite the fact that he's like 40 something now is like just it's it's mesmerizing and touring um, playing multiple and tour, shows yeah they are like constantly on tour hitting the studio recording new album going back on tour and everything like i think that every couple years they they kill the claudio and they replace him with a different claudio there's like a claudio who has a fresh a claudio yeah bot. fresh yeah. vocal cords 
Um, I don't know how he does it. My number two is the Gainesville show, the nice. Far Bottoms. Dude, it was um, so great. It was there was blood. Such, there was literally blood. Um, I just think about that whole day. I'll just never forget that day. We shot a short film for you, Ernest, and uh, you were just sitting there like painstakingly editing stuff because yeah. this was on like yeah, a Sunday night and it was due on Monday. Yeah. So you're like right before we got there early, we like went to like a cafe for like a couple hours. I was on just, my laptop. We're just like sitting there like playing with kendamas and shit, like bullshit around for a few hours yeah. like just trying to waste yeah, time and we visited my friend in the dorms and everything oh god yeah, oh, yeah, Grant. yeah 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 so much fun um yeah no i that's a show i'll never forget and a couple honorable mentions because i it pained me to leave them off my list 2016 bonnaroo seeing lcd sound system Ooh. just a truly religious experience and i meant to bring this up earlier about bringing it up now is that like I don't know about you guys, but, like, I'm not the most religious person in the world, so sometimes, like, seeing, like, these great shows, like, it acts like a spiritual, more of a spiritual moment for me than I think that I'll ever really get, um... Like, I'll get those highs if I, like, watch a certain movie or something like that. But something about being spellbound, just listening to the music that's happening yeah. is truly unlike anything LCD else. LCD is, is special, LCD too. really yeah. is special. Have you seen him, Danny? Yeah, I saw him at that Bonnaroo. I remember... Uh, that same show? He's yeah, so, about. like, my thing is, like, whenever, like, I know I'm really into a show is when I get goosebumps, you yeah. know? And uh, I got goosebumps during uh, Someone Great and All My Friends. Yeah, I uh, I started crying during, yes. someone, during uh, someone Great and then All My Friends, the way they close on that, and it's just you with, like, it was all me and Nathan friends. and then just everybody else about it. We were, like, all, like, locking arms with each other and just, like, jumping oh, up and down. Where it was such a powerful to- and time. And we, we saw LCD in 2017 at shaky knees and i remember perfectly during that same song a huge group of people right in front of us like doing that same yeah, thing yeah it's just like it's just one of those things um which speaking of shaky knees my uh another honorable mention tame impala 2015 shaky knees i actually put that over the bonnaroo set just because they played for like two and a half hours like they just like That's would amazing. not they played like so much stuff off of every single album, including like Inner Speaker, just playing a bunch of stuff off of that. We were all kinds of off the soilant at this time. Um, <laughs> they, uh, they that was before Currents came out. That was uh, only uh, like Eventually a couple of singles out. came out. Eventually, Let It Happen, and uh, I think uh, uh, maybe the album was out. I can't. I don't. Remember. I don't know if the album was actually released yet or not. But it, it was. A, it came out that right summer. around that time. So I think that they played a song or two that hadn't been released yet. Um, but that was an amazing show. My number one. Friday night at Bonnaroo 2014. Let me just, I'm just going to read through the Friday. So oh, just the whole Bonnaroo. night. No, because I have, I have the schedule pulled up here. So we start off the day at, uh, 2.30, Dr. Dog starts playing. Oh, that was a great From show. From that, goes right into Umphreys McGee. Oh, that was an amazing show. From Umphreys, we have. I was with Hunter this entire day. <laughs> Umphreys, we have Janelle Monet. Oh, yeah. And The Naked and Famous. And then at this time, we have. A culmination of seeing Taryn Kelman friends, which includes seeing Kyle Mooney and Beck at good. the comedy and, stand. And oh, wow. Nick. And Nick. Don't forget oh, Nick. All of Good um, Neighbor was there. And then also at the same time, Vampire Weekend, Churches, Neutral Milk Hotel, Phoenix. Yeah. All at the same time? Like yeah. all within like staggering minutes of That's each other. That's too yeah. much. I remember like the entire crowd of so Vampire Weekend. Hard. Yeah. All the Vampire Weekend's crowd was like just running over to Phoenix. Yeah. I, 
I already saw Vampire Weekend that summer, so I just went directly to Phoenix, and I was for somehow I got really close with Joey, like like mm. to the crowd. It was amazing. I wanted to show. shout out Neutral Milk Hotel though because you talked about like not having like the phone experience and everything like that. It was so powerful seeing them because we got close for that show, and um, I mean of course Neutral Milk Hotel they don't tour like that was like their twenty fifth year or something anniversary. They or... just like they just do like one off shows every now and then, but they don't really ever play. And whenever the show starts, Jeff Magnus gets up there and he's just like, hey, like, I just I want this to just be like a personal moment. I want you guys to just remember this and not just look at pictures to try and help you remember this. So everybody just put your phones away and we're just going to have a moment together. And it was so beautiful. It was so amazing. Just like sitting there like screaming, like just there with like all these (laughs) other people. It was such a good show. So Neutral Milk Hotel into Phoenix. Then we have the Kanye debacle, which, um, I Kanye ended up finishing an hour early, but luckily, right at that time, Mastodon starts playing. Oh, Mastodon, who kicked so much ass live, them at the same time when they're finishing up, we saw a little bit of disclosure. Yeah, we did. And then went over to the Super Jam and saw it was uh, Derek Trucks with Shaka Khan and oh my God. so many other like just great, that, that, great artists. That was ben an Folds was Super there. Jam. Yeah. Um, from that. We actually missed Death Heaven was playing at that same time, but Death Heaven just kind of got, I didn't really, wasn't, uh, didn't really, wasn't too familiar with them at the time. So Super Jam, that leads into Chance. This all, like, this is how that night ended, and Chance the Rapper, like, that was the closest thing I think I'll ever come to, like, seeing God. Like, just up there on stage, just because it was so, so powerful. Like I said, like, we got pushed up to the front, seeing chance crying because he had that realization like i made it and i think that's why he still loves bonnaroo like he goes back every year and just like jumps hangs around out, the festival yeah. and hangs out because like i think that this was such a special moment for the artist and for us to like share that experience with him where he would just start doing new songs and he's like um he did um somewhere in paradise there for the first time he's just like i'm just gonna sing like this verse and i want you to like repeat it back to me and stuff like that he's like we're just gonna try this something new like that was right whenever he started doing the social experiment thing trying to test out these things yeah it was incredible it was um so unbelievable like that just that day in general like i wish i could relive that day (laughs) because it was such a that's why that's what that's what the wooks do that's what the wooks do yeah (laughs) that's i mean it's true yeah they're chasing the the dragon (laughs) i mean it's all it's totally understandable um another thing about that uh concert i've read up since then a lot about the phenomenon of crowd crush which is it's when a crowd is too packed together that it becomes dangerous for everyone involved oh yeah um because at a certain point uh when humans are so packed they stop behaving like a salt like individual solids and they take on the form of a liquid oh my Um, god they become like they behave as molecules in water where it's just one mass moving in waves you have no control over your movement that's what we were in we were yeah. in what is known as the danger zone <laughs> no, uh, we could have died there but didn't even know but we were like one of the funniest parts about that is there was a half hour before the show even started where we couldn't leave we could not move no. yeah and so just uh, all the people around us we just like became friends with all these random ass people yeah, no, we it was could awesome. not leave the conversation there was no yeah, way we just like and it's there's no like 
real boundaries or anything at that yeah. point whenever yeah, you're, you're this you close are, with people like yeah. it's like well we're all touching each other let's <laughs> all make friends with each other and then literally just like, yeah and it was just it was like beautiful we were we, we there was no option but to like bond with all I, these randoms. i remember after the show ended i looked over at this guy who had just met like 10 minutes before the show started and the show ended and we just hugged each other oh. just this total stranger it was this beautiful moment and just like both of us are like tearing up like because you knew this was a saw... magical thing yeah. like, like we just saw something really special a star is born gonna... yeah a star a star is born. a star was born when i saw lady gaga it, yeah, yeah. my number one is uh jackson maine <laughs> at the amc altamont <laughs> yeah at the roy orbison tribute <laughs> <laughs> it was beautiful uh anyway i think that's it right yeah i uh i did want to give uh since you did some honorable mentions I, i'm gonna do some too uh, uh at shaky knees 20 uh i guess 15 uh i saw arctic monkeys and i'm trying to think of it no maybe no i'm thinking of music midtown music oh, midtown yeah. have any of you guys been to a music mm-hmm. midtown uh it's a it's like a way smaller version of shaky knees in a different park in atlanta smaller park i saw um weezer and arctic monkeys and uh phoenix mm-hmm. all the same day nice. and uh arctic monkeys played in the pouring rain and they still played and there was a mosh pit and alex turner was wearing a silver suit <laughs> also kendrick played at a much smaller stage and wow. that was before, like, To Pimp a Butterfly, like, right around, like, Good Kid. I'm surprised that Kendrick didn't make any of our lists. I haven't actually had a chance to see him live yet. Yeah, that's that's why. I haven't seen him either. Yeah. <laughs> I saw him at Bonnaroo, uh, but that was another show that I had to leave early to make it to another show. But that, yeah. was, that one was after that's To Pimp a Butterfly. I saw him twice in both times where I Bonnaroo. Like, one time was The Good Kid, Mad City, and he was playing before... That was Mac- 2013. Yeah, he played before Macklemore at, like, <laughs> oh, 3 man, o'clock. Oh, man, the irony there. Oh, yeah, at oh, 3 man. o'clock. Kendrick opened Dude, for Dude, I was at that Macklemore show. I remember having a great time. Well, no, oh, I mean, you're Macklemore part of the problem. Cool. Yeah. Damn, that was a great show. Yeah, it was all right. I didn't, I didn't mind it. But Drew's then just I, shaking his head at you. And no. then I saw him. <laughs> I saw him when he headlined Bonnaroo, like, two years later. Oh, okay. Yeah, and that was, that was a great show, because that was... That was that was the first time he actually ever did To Pimp a Butterfly Live, actually. Yeah, that yeah, Bonnaroo yeah. show. Because, like, oh my God. all his shows... Le- he had released the album, and then all his shows leading up to it, he didn't play a single Pimp a Butterfly song. So everyone on, like, everyone on Reddit was like, okay, what the fuck? Like, we yeah. don't want to hear the same set from 2013. I, I was there for most of the set. I, I got a chance to listen to These Walls and All Right and King Kunta. So, yeah, so, well, yeah. I remember being at the show, and, like, the first, like, six songs were all Good Kid and Before. So everyone was like, okay, it's kind of, um, he's not playing the good, the, the new shit. Yeah, What's going on? That's fun. Okay, really quick. Everyone go around, off the top of your head, a concert that was bad. Like, a bad concert oh, that you went to. I'll damn. start. I gotta think. My, my first big concert I ever went to was an arena, uh, an amphitheater, and it was uh, some 41 and The Offspring. <laughs> and, oh, no. And it, they, they were all really drunk. They sucked. Uh, my friend's dad took me and my friend, and he got really drunk, and he got kicked out for mocking a security guard so we had to leave early because <laughs> he was talking shit about the security i uh you know the the magic of another magical moment of music festivals is if a show is bad you can just, just walk leave. away yeah. and go see something see that's else. the thing is i feel like i've seen bad sets at music festival that's hard for me to put my finger i mean honestly probably be kanye it's probably the worst fet that set that i've seen oh, the worst yeah. ending and it wasn't even like a bad because it was powerful, but it just like left us on a bad note. Was 
2016 Dead and Co. closed the sh- closed the whole thing with a double set, and um, at the end, like it was before they played like Truckin'. They still had a couple like big hits, and um, instead they like went up there and they're just like, hey, so like we just need to talk about this whole Trump thing. This was before Trump oh, got elected, oh, and talking about how like we as a society like we need it was um, like reject Trump. like we all have to like come so together on out. this and like learn to reject the hate and everything. Yeah. And, and Bonner, they just as ended. a big Trump fan hated that. <laughs> and they just, and no, but then and no, but then this show then Bonner it was like Bonner is over. Oh, that was literally that the was last... they they said they like went on the speech for like ten minutes. And it was a powerful speech, but then they didn't play another song. Like, now I got to think about Trump. Yeah, now and that's that's how. <laughs> it left the festival like that was the last show yeah. of the entire event was that you know i uh i think some of the worst stuff i saw was actually at okeechobee when we went like king kings of leon was not great oh my god they were really um, bad usher was okay oh that was that's rough. a bummer usher um, and the roots I, I was excited for it and they was not a, also not very good young the giant who i've seen before and, and they've been great they were horrible that night well, that they guy was so very drunk, drunk the lead singer yeah. and it ruined the drunk. set oh that's a bummer it ruined the set um yeah so that i remember that being rough speaking of uh young the giant i just want to talk about best bargain that i've ever had at a music festival is the oh, big o yeah big o, big o. oh yeah that was, was such a, a bargain we in had the graveyard now big, <laughs> it was in the graveyard as soon as it happened yeah. <laughs> it was fifty dollars i don't think anyone was like yo see, this is gonna happen every year like, it just big ended. data young the giant weezer and uh fallout boy dirty yeah. heads too and fallout oh, boy dirty if you heads, and dirty bro. heads during when dirty heads was popular like those were like big name artists and for like that cheap fallout boy just a, it's 50 dollars for like a nosebleed seat to one of their yeah. shows like, also um we that close. was for weezer that was right after everything will be yeah. all right in the end came out such a great album. and they played like half the album yeah, was, <laughs> and we were the only ones who knew it yeah everyone else was like play blue album um, <laughs> all right well i still had to go don't worry, don't forget away from me. Yeah, shut, the, <laughs> shut up, Ernest. We have a guest here. <laughs> um, when I want to say that Kanye show, but for the sake of not repeating you, uh, one time I saw All American Rejects, and they that was okay. I've seen them twice. The second time was better, but the first time I saw them, oh no, actually the second time was the worst one. He was he he like broke his leg or something, and he was like <laughs> he was like getting carried around in a wheelchair. And he was, <laughs> Yeah, dude, and like it—it it was this guy that was wearing this completely black like suit behind him, like a oh. leotard almost. So like, every, he thought like no one would see him. Oh, no. But, <laughs> yeah, and he was literally just weird. This is the daytime, by the way, so, which makes it even worse. Uh, that sounds but, like the best show. Yeah, so they were just wheeling around. Uh, what's his name? Alex something. I, don't, I, don't I forgot his name. <laughs> I think but his name is. That's what gives you hell. American. Is actually about <laughs> all America. <laughs> yeah, and he was just on a bunch of painkillers, could barely sing, and they're just wheeling him around, and it's just like move along, you know. And it's just like I that mean, was like one of the I worst guess you shows. could say it gave you hell. Yeah, uh, it did. There's like a guy in a black morph suit, like strumming the guitar <laughs> around his arms, like bear hugging him. <laughs> yeah, that's lovely. What, when was this? Where was Dude, this? Dude, I think this was... It was a Blink-182 concert, and they were opening. Uh, oh, no. And it was it was them, Fall Out Boy, and Blink-182. You I know, think. I love the song Move Along. I love that song, and I still do, and I don't give good. a fuck. Good. It, it sounds like a good Blink song. That I album is pretty do. good. Yeah, that. I mean, I had that album on CD. Yeah, the, it has a bunch of good songs, like Night Drive is a really good one, mm-hmm. Change Your Mind. Yeah. 
Wake, wake we, up, we listen, America. We all listen to All American Rejects, Secondhand Serenade. <laughs> Evidently, Tyson no, Ritter was a bit of... That's his name. That's his name. Tyson yeah. Ritter. It's not All America. Uh, he was like a party boy, I think, and I think he like was just always faded. And oh. it, eventually, your music just sucks. It I actually have deal. another worse show. Oh, what's that? 30 Seconds to Mars. <laughs> oh, man. Dude, I, saw them, I saw them at Universal Studios at the Mardi Gras thing that Dude, they did. Dude, Jared Leto is so full of himself, man. Oh, he's oh, such yeah. a piece of shit. He swears he's, he's like the shit. Lord, man. Was, was he trying to like workshop the Joker? Dude, no, but he, <laughs> he had he had like a like a a blonde uh god what, mohawk. He had a blonde mohawk and like this pure gold flake suit. And he was just running around like a fucking, you know, astronaut, just like you know what uh, year was this? What year was this? Was this post? Okay, this an Oscar? one he opened for Muse actually. Oh, okay. yeah. He so opened... it was. Bef- it was. I guess the year that Dallas Buyers Club came out. Twenty seventeen, maybe. Oh no, twenty sixteen. No, no. So no, never mind. This is post him winning yeah, an Oscar. That's why he's at full. He's even post Joker at this point. So Jesus. Yeah, it was painful, man. That was really bad. Yeah, it, I mean, it's a cold take at this point, but I, I hate that guy so much. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> I don't yeah. like him when he's good. <laughs> Like, I don't like him at any point. So, I actually liked him because one of my favorite movies is Lord of War, and I thought he was awesome in that movie. I haven't seen it. Oh, Nick Cage. It, it's Nicolas Cage, Cage, like one of his very few like good wow. movies. Cage and Leto. Holy yeah. shit. All-Star Squad. To I like work that on that set would have been a nightmare. <laughs> 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 to be like their, their PA. <laughs> oh, my God. All well, right. That was before his like ego was huge. So True. All right, let's wrap it up, guys. It's been a great, great show today. Uh, thank you all for making it amazing. So where can we find you on the internet, Danny? Uh, I mean, I don't usually tweet, but... Oh, shit, he just dropped the mic. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm leaving. <laughs> uh, uh, I Are guess you my... on Twitter? Yeah, I have a Twitter. It's my first and last name, 7, uh, my favorite number. Daniel Sawani 7. Yeah, Daniel Sawani 7. Cool. On Instagram, you can find me at Sawani, L-O-L. <laughs> okay yeah <laughs> do you share fire memes yeah no not really oh. just you shitty should, pictures you of should, myself you should uh start tweeting it's hell it's, uh, it's, <laughs> it's literal awful. hell i go like if occasionally. you're ever just like i'm in a good mood and i don't want to feel this way get on twitter yeah yeah so i i, I mean i have one and like i tweet sometimes usually when i tweet it's like when the dolphins do stupid shit so hey man ryan fitzpatrick new starting quarterback <laughs> oh duh. i wouldn't be surprised we're tanking now so yeah uh, Twitter at Drew D I E T Z E N. I'm steady popping off at this point a tweet a day. Uh, qu- quantity over quality is what they say uh, in my circles. Um, letterboxed at Drew D also. Um, that's it. Strictly poop content. Yeah, yeah. It's a lot of, yeah. I mean, just wait. I'm going to pop off a Stallone tweet thread and he's going down. Did you hear our episode about the Stallone thing? No, I well, we'll, tell you, we'll tell you. We'll tell you after. Hunter? Don't get me started. Um, You can find me on Twitter and Letterboxd at Hunt Mobley, H U N T M O B L E Y. Um, Yeah. Just been uh watching. I'm trying to like watch some older stuff. Are you gonna do a, of... a deep dive into Triple Frontier for your website? Oh yeah. Oh well, I mean, I've already done it. Breaking um, down it's... all the social commentary. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm gonna break down. I'm gonna do a shot by shot analysis of that entire film. Great. <laughs> Terrific. Uh, so many bro hugs. Okay, and I'm at Calderonist on social media, Letterbox, Twitter, Instagram, all that shit. So hit me up. Um, also at we bought a mic, Twitter, Instagram, um, uh, we bought a mic at gmail.com. If you want to send us your, your memes, your Mm. dick pics, your tit pics. I like that. I like that little video you put up that. Yeah. Anchor. 
it, where you yeah. got a prediction right about oh, uh, James Gunn. Oh, thanks for reminding me. I love me. it when we get to suck our own dicks. So <laughs> this <laughs> week it was announced that James Gunn is coming back to Guardians of the Galaxy 3. And I called oh, it back in August and I posted the audio clip of me calling of it. Of him calling it. Yeah. So, <laughs> well, now the facade's gone. It could have been like, oh, I wouldn't have posted it, but Drew did. You know, Drew was or like, our, no, Ernest, Or our you're intern, right. yeah. our faceless intern. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Um, <laughs> all right, cool. Uh, that's cool. it, right? Yeah, that's it. Thanks, Danny. We will have you on soon, I hope. Awesome. Um, for the second time. You're a first, first time guest. Oh, well, I guess, no, Greg came on. So we're on a roll of first-time guests. I like that. So we'll hopefully keep it going. We'll hopefully have you on again. Oh, yeah. I'd um, love to. Yeah, keep up with us. Let us know uh, what you thought of our conversation today. Let us know if you want more music talk on this podcast. I know next week we have us, yep. Jordan Peele. Let us know if you want longer episodes because <laughs> <laughs> I feel like just, you know, three hours, not long enough. Four hours, <laughs> not even close. Yeah. I we, want to push six. Yeah, let's. Yeah, exactly. I want to be like fish. <laughs> fish. Just of three podcasts. sets of we bought a mic. Yeah. <laughs> let's really push the boundaries of how long That's, we can do. Oh, you know they do have podcast festivals now. They have podfests. They're indoors, of course. Yes. That's, like outdoors. Dude, in the, the off the soiling for that. Tripping at a podfest. And yeah. on that note, right. we'll see you next week. Later. Bye. Bye. Bye.